This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam's got kicks and the angels got owned. You have a guinea pig? Where? Rest in peace, break home. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, your favorite show, my semi-favorite show. We're doing it. We're here. We're having a great time. Uh, and we are excited to be in season nine, I guess. But the, the last mm-hmm. week's episode is a little weird. This episode, I just, there's, they're just, there's so much stuff, Chris. They just, it's just a there's whole a lot of stuff. It, I just, I feel like I went into, you know how at Christmas time, you would get like 87 toys. Um, or maybe you don't yeah. because your family didn't like you that much. But my family liked me a lot. So we'll I would pretend. get yeah. 87 toys. And Jeremy, I was the youngest. I got everything. You got everything. Yeah, you're right. Um, so much so much for the big hand sister. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was the middle child, dude. You think she got shit? No. She got hand-me-downs from her older sister. I was the only boy and I was way younger than them. So I was the fucking baby. I got everything. Anyway. Fucking perfect. Uh, but she would have so many toys to play with that she could never really choose one. And um, that's kind of what I feel is happening here. Like, except they're not toys. Yeah. They're just stuff about supernatural that they've never brought up before and just invented. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, it's, there's some good stuff in here. I'll, but yeah. boy, at the lore, man. It doesn't feel grounded to anything anymore. There's no, there's nothing holding it to what we already know about supernatural necessarily because so much is changing so fast or so much is being added so fast. Usually it's one weird big leap at a time, but at some point the boys are still driving around um, shooting at a Rougarou or something. You know, there's always that the core that we that we know. Um, and these two episodes, we don't even really get a lot of brother stuff because there's so much plot happening and so much lore being dumped that it's just kind of it's it's something it's just it's information. We're taking in information. Uh, Castiel talks about Dean more in this episode than Sam does. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that's true. Before we get to our actual thoughts and our, our overview of this week's episode, I want to thank the patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, they provide us with a small amount of money each month in exchange for benefits and cool features like access to our discord, access to exclusive podcast, access to the podcast early, all kinds of cool stuff. Go check it out. Um, really, that $1 a month will get you to the discord and I guarantee you will make a friend. I'm not saying you'll be friendly with everybody because there's some fucking weirdos in there, but you will make at least one friend. <laughs> um, so even just one buck a month is, is really appreciated. And if you can't do that, that's fine too. Uh, but if you can, patreon.com slash monster of the week. I want to thank uh, Scruffy the janitor for being our, most, yeah. our most recent, uh, <laughs> which is definitely the Simpsons guy, right? Like that's the dude Shout from the Simpsons. Out. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of his and apparently they're a big fan of ours. So that's, that's really nice that that works out really well. It's great. It's, it's very, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Chris, do you have a, uh, summation of season nine so far? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, big shout out to big sneeze, Chris for filling in for me last that week. That was nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I did write a I wrote so far, but I, I've, <laughs> I initially wrote it as like, Oh, I'm going to take notes real quick. So I remember to write this later. Um, but here it is. This is, this is what it ended up being. So. Uh, last time was Supernatural. Abaddon is back, again. Sam is mad, again. Angels be trippin', again. Dean be lying, again. 
friends be dying again in reference to Kevin. All right, oh, you got a little rhythm going uh, in the here. Lore, this is like a spoken word. The lore, it's a changing <laughs> again. Uh, all the while, Castiel tries to hold it down for the rest of these idiots again. <laughs> again, I feel like he could write that to like the tune of a like uh, Preacher Man by uh, Willie Nelson or t- is it Time Definitely. of a Preacher? I can't remember quite remember what the Willie Nelson Preacher song know. is, but yeah, or maybe Redheaded Stranger by Willie Nelson. I think most songs by Willie Nelson are about preachers. Of some <laughs> it's sort. either preachers or strangers. That's all he sings about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so we're gonna cover season nine episode 10 firstborn this is written by robbie thompson this was directed by john badham which i'm sure is not the way that you pronounce that (laughs) this came out january 21st 2014 tim odmanson uh guest stars as kane looking to reclaim his place as king of hell crowley asked dean for help finding the first blade the only blade that can kill abaddon knowing he owes crowley a favor for helping sam excuse me footage not found (laughs) and also wanting abaddon dean himself dean reluctantly agrees and the two set off on a road trip however dean and crowley are completely unprepared for when they find out who has the blade Kane, the first son. Meanwhile, Sam is back in the bunker with Castiel, who notices there is some leftover grace inside Sam, just wrapped in some tinfoil, just like I said, a perfect dish of pasta. If they can extract it, they can use the grace to track Gadriel. The only problem is the procedure may do permanent damage to Sam. Chris, right up the top, is it Gadriel or Gadriel? Because I feel like the show it's, is super it's, inconsistent. It's, it's, uh, it's Gagriel. Oh, it's Gagriel, um, my bad. It basically is Gagriel. It's like Gadriel. Um, I can't say it, and I spell it wrong every time. I think it's supposed to be Gadriel. G-A-D-R-E-E-L. Um it's tough. It's a tough one because it feels like every member of the cast says it differently. Autumn and I both noticed that, like, because they kept saying, because I say Gadriel. Um, like, I just say it as almost two totally separate words. It almost seemed like they were trying to blend it together, but I'm, I'm reasonably sure I picked up how to say this word from the fucking show. Like, I've never heard anybody else named Gadriel <laughs> before, so I don't know where I would have. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, so we're in this. Uh, we're in it. We're, we're in it. Kane is you here. You ain't wrong, everybody. Uh, uh-huh. Kane, is, the 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 Kane is here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about him here in a few minutes. Um, I do just want to mention Kane is played by the guy from Deadwood, like the the real kind of the city slicker who came in to try to buy like a gold a, like a gold claim. And uh, boy, those two characters can't look any further apart than than if they tried. <laughs> like they just look and act so totally different. So Tim Munson is is. Now, one of my favorite actors who portray these two people. So, yeah, he's a he's a real buttoned up weirdo on uh, Psych. He's like a detective or something like mm. that. And yeah, on here he's got he's got a beard, an old man beard. I'm into it. Yeah, he's got some some roughy ruffled hair. He's looking good. He's got what, what I think people would call a shock of hair. Yes, that's quite yes. Yeah. Good good adjective. Yeah. yeah. Let me let me edit that book, man. I, I can I can help you out. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a control F for uh, the and just gonna replace it with the shock and see see what happens. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we start off. Uh, we are in what I think is Civil War times. There's uh, either mm-hmm. Confederate or um, I think these are Confederate soldiers. Uh, there's a guy kind of running through the woods towards a cabin. He burst into this cabin saying that he is coming and that the knife must be protected. Um, he has there's two buddies in this room they go all black eyes so we know there's a demons and uh and i put it in my notes and then a hunk shows up and this is our our, oh, our yeah. first appearance of kane you automatically know he's gonna be sticking around for a while because he is officially a hunk 
a dude this hot this early in yeah he's he's at least guest star in the rest of this app. yeah tamo when he showed up in season nine episode one we we, we called him the Battlestar galacta hunk because we knew he was gonna be around yeah, no. he, you don't you don't yeah. get somebody this pretty just for a guest appearance like when they cast mm-hmm. um malachi like they found the shittiest scumbag that they could because you don't right. you don't need to care about that right. um so this hunk, who I'm just going to go ahead and say is Kane, uh, but we don't know that yet, grabs the first demon. This weird red light appears, and like it almost looks like a like when Castiel or any other angel like kills a demon and the body that the yeah. demon is inhabiting. Except it's a weird red light, and then he uh, kills out the kills the other two. And we do get to see this this knife, uh, which is like basically a a jawbone, essentially fastened yeah. onto a hilt. And if anybody knows their Christian scripture, uh, we we know that that you know Cain killed Abel with the jawbone of some sort of animal. I don't I don't know Christian scripture, so I don't know what it is. It's uh, tight as fuck, is what it is. I like I, this opening scene is is extremely cool. I, I, I like this a lot. Yeah. Um... We got demons killing. Well, I guess we don't really know that he's that he's a demon. He's just he's out. He's here to kill a knight. Yeah, um, he is a. He's killing these demons in the process. He is another supernatural being. Yeah. Um. Flash forward. Presumably, this doesn't take place in the same year, because uh, <laughs> that was eighteen hundreds. Um. Dean is in a bar. He's given eyes to a waitress for no reason, and then Crowley pops in, and he. Uh, sits down to to talk to dean and let him know like hey gadriel isn't here anymore because apparently that's the same bar as if like the angel like returns to his festival and i was like what i gotta go to work, <laughs> I gotta get to work in the morning man gotta- <laughs> <laughs> someone's gotta clean up all of these uh, these wh- whiskey bottles that i blew up going back into my vessel <laughs> i mean i get that that's you know dean would go there because he's gotta he's gotta start somewhere but it's still very funny if at any point Dean assumed like, well, yeah, he'll be walking into work any minute now. I didn't know. I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't actually pick up on this. I just thought that like he was just saying Gadriel is gone in general. Like I didn't. I didn't think that they were talking about this from maybe, this bar. Maybe <laughs> that's just. I just inserted that bit of information. So maybe you could be right. Um, but so Crowley he comes and he says Gadriel. There's no sign of him. He's he vamoosed. Um, but we might have a way to kill him. He tells Dean if we can. Um, if we can get the first blade, or no, 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 not not Gadriel. He said they might have a way to kill a knight of hell if they can find the first blade. Um, and this is something that apparently Crowley has been after for years. And also, apparently, John Winchester at some point had a lead on it because there was a demon who was supposed to be connected to whoever had the first blade, and John Winchester kidnapped this demon and tortured him, and blah 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 blah. Was uh was young John Winchester not available so we could see this in a flashback? Like, show me this. Like, I don't. It seems like primo flashback material. I, you, not that we love flashbacks. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty against flashbacks in general. But if it involves John Winchester ganking a demon and stealing the first blade, like, show show me that love, man. Like, I don't. I don't care about Amelia Earhart. Well, excuse me. Excuse me Amelia. <laughs> Amelia. Yeah. Um, is that her name? Dorothy. Dorothy? No, no. I'm talking about the Sam's girlfriend from season whatever. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, I don't care about like meant, her and her dog or her and her ex or whatever. I but. thought you meant because when, when when Dorothy showed up in that episode, I was convinced that it was Amelia Earhart. <laughs> yeah, we both were. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird flex for a pilot to be a hunter, but I'm into it. I'm, I'm kind of into it. Um. So yeah, 
having knowing that John got close to this thing, he wants Dean to look into uh, Dad's diary, see if there's going to be any more information about it. Uh, Dean, so Dean whips it out right there and just then. like li- reaches into the vast blackness that is his denim coat and pulls it out, <laughs> which I love. He's got the denim coat of holding in there, Chris. <laughs> yeah, d- dude, where's your gun? That's that journal's huge. <laughs> How many cell phones do you have in this jacket? <laughs> Yeah, one of them sewn into it. I know exactly. That. So yeah. at least just in case. Well, um, the, it's seriously, it's a bottomless pit. So they they read that together because uh, Dean's like trying to like put his arm up like he's blocking Crowley from copying his math homework. And uh, but there's there's a, a reference there. That, yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't want Crowley to look over and read it and realize that John Winchester was a fucking lunatic. <laughs> what is all of this stuff about killing your uncle? That's so yeah, weird. What is, <laughs> what is this dusting on my pocket? <laughs> Why is there fifty pages if I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him up and I'm gonna put him in the back seat? And I'm gonna drive him <laughs> over the cliff. It's weird. It's y'all. The ravings of a madman. <laughs> also, why did you keep it in there? Obviously, it's not necessary. <laughs> Do you think I know we're this is off topic a little bit, but uh do you think that it's weird that we don't see the boys adding to this diary on a regular basis? Like we never see them th- like making notes in this thing, and I don't know if it's go it's get those like trapper keeper rings that so you can like clearly open it and add pages, yeah. and I think that they should be adding to it. I think that, that that's only right, but I don't know if they ever do. I feel like at some know. point we saw Sam writing in this journal and it was like an emotional we thing, but I could also just yeah. be reading for my own fan fiction, so who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah, in every one of my fan fictions, it starts with Sam writing in Dad's diary. Um, <laughs> every one of them. Look, it's a uh, good it's framing device. Pages. It works. I mean, look, yeah. Burner She Wrote wasn't unpopular, Chris, and that's what you're describing right now, right. except with right. Sam Winchester instead of... Uh, and my, my favorite episode is the one, or uh, my favorite episode of my fan fiction that this is the one where Sam turns the page to write a new entry, and he sees a little doodle in there, and he realizes that it's Dean's doodle, and that Dean's been doodling in Dad's diary this whole time. <laughs> doodling in Dad's diary. <laughs> and that's another reason why Dean doesn't want, uh, well, there's two reasons. One, he doesn't want he doesn't want Crowley to see Dad's diary because he doesn't want Crowley to know that Dean's been doodling in Dad's diary. And number two, he doesn't want Crowley to know that John Winchester was the Zodiac killer, because all <laughs> the so evidence true. is in there. <laughs> We figured out the code. We just didn't tell anybody. Uh, Fuck. Man, if the Leviathans had found that shit out, huh? You know, <laughs> screw the like murder rampage that they took those two weirdos on. <laughs> Let's just expose John Winchester as the Zodiac yeah, it's killer. The Zodiac killer. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's a good. That's good. That's good right there. I like it. Um, this is this is the first scene of the episode. Yeah, we have to we have to move on. Uh, so they see some information there. <laughs> D- Dean says it it confirms it. Uh, there's some numbers there that they kind of go back and forth on whether or not Dean's going to tell him. And then eventually it's like, oh yeah, this denotes like a like a storage area. So we're going back to our 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 forty dogs on the seven hills or whatever that they had to find yeah. way forty two Rover Hill yeah, brother way back when. I want to say that was season two or something. Maybe season one. Yeah, yeah. Season one or two. Um, but as this is honestly the most supernatural thing about the whole episode is that some tr- some demon in a trucker hat was listed in. Well, but before we get to that, uh, Crowley's like, "I want you to take me there," and Dean's like, "Oh yeah, okay." Starting a, a, just a series of decisions that Dean Winchester makes throughout this episode that I do not understand. Like, I don't know why no. he's doing any of the things that he's doing in this episode. It's. It beats me. You know, we we have established a lot of good emotional stuff for Dean this season, um, because you know negative emotions are compelling in fiction, and uh, a character really facing 
their own mistakes and, and reacting to their own mistakes. That's compelling stuff, you know? He knows he fucked up with the whole Sam situation. Kevin died, Sam's pissed at him, and now he, he wants to uh he wants to get some revenge. That all makes sense. And but they're just they're just not handling it very well. He's he's just doing he's just doing crazy things. He's doing he's just all over the place. I, I almost wish um I almost wish like he was drunk at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like I almost wish he yeah. was like I feel so bad about myself that I am I am I, I am medicating myself the only way I know how, which is extensive vodka and and, and I don't know maybe like some sex on the nipples sex on the nipple shots, which I'm sure exists. Sorry. Now the next time I order a sex on the beach somewhere, someone's gonna be very confused. I have a sex on the nipple. I mean, uh, they're gonna be like, "Sir, you need to leave." Yeah, <laughs> we allow racy uh, shot names up to a certain point, and you have just crossed the line. But no, like I wish I wish he was impaired some way, like or he was. Like instead of just being like kind of almost emotionless Dean during this scene, he was just like mm-hmm. he was sorrowful or some way, or like maybe have Crowley. This is the way that you can prove yourself to your brother and show that it wasn't it was all for you know whatever. Uh, but instead, he just says like, "Yeah, what are up? Let's go. I'm going to take you to my dad's, se- the king of hell, to my dad's secret stash that I've only known about mm-hmm. for like five years." So like that makes right. sense. Um, it um it's a lot. I you know, and then on the other hand. They they didn't want to just go buddy cop with it, which Crowley points out because Crowley is obviously you know Mark Shepard's being great the whole episode and, and um being very funny, um, but Dean doesn't want to play along with that and that kind of as much as I get it, it it pops the bubble on the chemistry a little bit, and I kind of wish that Dean was either all in or all out like fully refusing or now he's doubling down on uh the means justifying the ends. You know, which is a conversation that comes up later with Castiel and, and Sam, because mm-hmm. it would be cool to kind of see that mirrored where Dean is still going down that path. He is still doing means justify the ends because he regrets what he's done before. Now he's like, whatever. But I sort of just wish we got to see a Dean that was like, whatever, fuck it. I'll go with Crowley. I don't give a shit. I'm going to get what I need to do. And which is what he does, but he fights him every step of the way, and he's, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot you. I'm gonna, we're not square. Remember, we're not square. Um, and like at, at a certain point, he seems impotent yeah. because he's just, he's all bluster, but he never does anything about it. And especially later when they try to show us that he's a stone cold killer, I'm still, I don't feel it. I see it, but I don't feel it. I, I'm with you. And then, um, as as they leave, as you mentioned, there's a demon in a trucker hat, um, uh, which is definitely my next Halloween outfit. Uh, that's been <laughs> that's been eavesdropping on them and kind of follows them out, uh, and then we go back over to the bunker where Castiel, uh, who most listeners will remember, is now like freshly angeled up. Um, he's he's got his mojo. Castiel's back. my favorite character this season. He's definitely my favorite character in this episode. Like I, uh, yeah. it's, maybe so far in the season, but boy, this episode he he really nails at home. Uh, but he is eating just a, a classic peanut butter and jelly, uh, a sandwich that I don't particularly like that much. I don't know about you, Chris. Like I know it's a pretty basic kind of thing but i just never it's pretty basic yeah. it's pretty basic fun fact jess had never had one until like a couple months ago now she loves them really interesting yeah yeah she just like never grew up on them so never really had a reason to have peanut butter and jelly uh, until i made her one once and yeah the rest was history i um the the like go-to sandwich for me was just like a mayonnaise and tomato sandwich which was like huh. not a lot no not, meat, not, huh? not, it was good like don't get me wrong like i mean it was good but it wasn't like 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 that's the it's the equivalent of a pb and j i think basically yeah yeah i mean i can't 
talk shit. I eat a lot of plain turkey sandwiches to this day. Sure. But just plain ass bread and turkey. But your 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 inner body is battling your outer body in a whole lot That's of weird correct. ways. So. That's correct. <laughs> also, if I put on it, anything on my sandwich and I take it to work the next day, it's gonna get soggy. That's just the way of my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why you gotta steal a bunch of I'm mayonnaise a, I'm packets. A, I'm a pathetic sandwich in my lunchbox going to work every day kind of guy. That's good though, dude. That's I wish man, I wish I could get in that habit. I really do. Like I, I spend way too much time like at a, at a convenience store like searching for something to eat that's not terrible and then just like looking at the mcdonald's across the street and going oh i guess i'll do i guess i'll do that again um, it only well you're on the road all day you know what this isn't the outtakes this is this is monster of the week. <laughs> we need to get back to business chris <laughs> this is a long episode we're gonna be four hours deep in this anyway so uh but castiel is sad because before when he was human he could taste a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but now he tastes every single individual molecule. And as Sam comes in and like mm-hmm. asked him what he's doing, he describes this. Like I, I taste every single thing and not like the collection of flavors that I liked so much. And so he's kind of showing that he's missing his humanity a little bit now that he's all angeled up mm-hmm. again. Which is interesting. You know, he, he knows he's an angel. He wanted to become an angel again. But now he's like, oh, shit, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um, he has a greater appreciation for what it means to be human, and they show it in a really you know silly way, but it, but it works. Uh, and then they immediately cut into okay, let's Sam, let's continue your healing. Um, and you know he puts his hand on on Sam's head to continue healing. You know the wounds that were left over from the trials and all that from, from when um, they stabbed a but not from the trials when they stabbed oh, all those oh, all those giant yeah, needles sure. in his head. Yeah, I forgot about the the six inch needles they dug into his uh, skull. So that too. Um, and, and he kind of gets a weird, a weird, you know, look on his face and Sam is like, what is it? Castiel tries to deny it. Sam's like, you're a terrible liar, which to which Castiel says, that's not true. I once deceived and betrayed both you and your brother. Fucking great line um, from Castiel right there. Yeah, Ice fucking yeah, cold really cast. Good. Yeah. To which Sam is like, all right, I, I don't care. I know you're lying. Tell, tell me the truth. Um, he says that there's something angelic resonating inside of sam and sam responds yeah it's my dick (laughs) yeah it's this it's this fat d castiel um and Cass is like i'm calling your brother uh i'm calling your brother no but he says he actually he wants to call dean because he's like you know this is this is troubling why it should be troubling i don't know yeah i don't but I think I think Sam excuse me I think Castiel is just using this as an excuse to call Dean which is what he's going to do mm-hmm. throughout this episode like he's going to yeah, but- encourage the Sam to to get in touch with his uh with his brother quite a bit I uh I, but no but but also what <laughs> like it, he just had an angel in him like obviously there's probably going to be something angelic in him like this is yeah there's a couple feathers left like and and we're eventually going to fi- I guess I'll wait till we get there but like the way that this resolves I think is just kind of like yeah the the it's- writers remembered something yeah. Um, so yeah, Sam. Sam doesn't doesn't want to get Dean involved. I do like you know I like the Castiel Sam combo here. It's it's a rare pairing, and, and I'm I'm into it. A rare pair, uh, and it's I a rare pair. A rare pair. And I also like the um I like the Dean Crowley stuff. It's, even though I was complaining about Dean Crowley, Dean's not miserable the entire time. I mean, he's still Jensen Ackles, so like <laughs> that's always the saving grace. Even when even when Dean's not there, we still got Jensen. <laughs> it's true. That's that's absolutely true. I um. 
I, I like Sam and Castiel together a whole lot. I think I mentioned way back in season 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 four or five, they they kind of teamed up and went off on their own, and I, I really enjoyed it. This this episode like kind of makes me wish this happened more often. And uh, yeah, some people in the in the Discord were telling me that uh, I guess or not telling me, but were chatting and saying that originally Castiel and Sam were not supposed to be any kind of friends whatsoever. And uh, so I'm really happy that we get like this kind of connection between the two of them. I, I like it a lot. I think I it's either Castiel or um what's his name that was with him in season four that calls Sam an abomination. So like I do get it. Um and they weren't wrong. I mean he was. <laughs> he was literally an abomination. <laughs> he was for real an abomination. I've got demon blood in me, Dean. Um just want to remind everybody see. that uh they sacrificed like five real people that were possessed by demons and drained their blood into milk jugs. Anyway. We're- Yo, he drank that chick. She <laughs> was a nurse. She was just a nice nurse. And she drank he drank her. Like he was fucking Louie. Anyway. Um, so we go over to, right, so, to Dean and Crowley. Um 42 Rover Hill. They go in to John's lockup. I'm I'm trying to slam through this they find i at this point i was taking notes i was scrambling and uh i was just like they find a picture of a woman named tara who helped catch this demon correct yes that they're looking mm-hmm. for and that's it so they're like all right time to go track this this woman i down. do like that crowley submitted to his head being bagged and on the way to this storage shed unit like, that's <laughs> very <laughs> funny to me um yeah. that's crowley doesn't give a fuck crowley does not he care. knows that dean isn't a threat dean has threatened to kill him 900 times and you know what he's never done kill crowley no. so he's just like i yeah, talk all the shit you want put a bag on my head i don't give a fuck you're not gonna do anything we go back to the bunker uh where castiel not using his millennia worth of knowledge about humans and how they possess angels, uh, instead finds a book written in Enochian in the bunker that tells him that angels leave behind a piece of themselves in their vessel when they leave. Sam helpfully calls this a angelic footprint, and Castiel says, oh no, this is grace. And I'm like, this has never happened before, Castiel? <laughs> like, I know, and guys, I'm, I know, like, I, I, I'm going to sound kind of complaining in this episode. They're, they, they're just inventing a lot of shit. I'm, I'm probably going to try to wait to the very end to really get into my problems, but just stuff like this, mm-hmm. like this, let's just invent some shit to, to move some stuff along so we can create a, pro- so we can solve a problem basically. So we could do a spell later. I, I just, man, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I same. I really dislike this aspect of it because, all right. So we established that there's some gray slips inside Sam. It's fading every time that Castiel heals him. But if they were able to get some of that grace out, even though it's harmless, if they could get some of it out, they could use it to track down Gadriel because it's who it belongs to. Um, this is all stemming from a theory that the Men of Letters had, even though I'm pretty sure the Men of Letters didn't have hand-to-hand like contact with angels. And their theory, as Castiel points out, was never tested. So they, they're just like, yeah, maybe if we stick, I don't know, a hypodermic needle into a human man, we can uh, pull out magic from him. Maybe. I think that that's that's an idea, and then one of the other men of letters said that is an idea. Write it down in that book over there. They never tested it. It's just a, it's just so to think. Yeah, this needle that can just that'll just that'll just take out this fucking magic angel power in you, no problem. I don't I don't get it. There's a fun joke in here about how like you know Sam's like, well, we have a guinea pig, and Cassie's like, we have a guinea pig. He's like, no, I mean me. You can, you can try it. You can experiment on me. Um, if they had just looked at the book and it had said. We have done this before through trial and error, like the um, uh, the third trial when they had to turn a demon back into a human, mm-hmm. when like somebody had like practiced this and tested it over and over again, and they had the data and the research to back it up because that's what the men of letters were. 
not just, hey, I have an idea, let's write this down, and then Cass and Sam saying, hey, they had this idea, let's try it. Because he just literally sticks a needle in his neck. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking like, sense. How did, you, how did you not just get blood? Ma- ma- you got make it, make it a magic needle. Like, do, do give me something right. here besides it looking just like an old-fashioned steampunk d- d- needle. All they would have to say is that, hey, the Men of Letters, they did this. They were able to extract grace. And I'd go, yeah, whatever, I don't care, sure, I believe you. Uh, and then that would have been fine. But because it's just sort of like, well, I guess we'll try sticking a needle in my neck and hoping for the best. Hope I don't just bleed out. Um, this is Mary Shelley's you- needle that she used to inject grace into the monster Frankenstein, <laughs> which she yeah, then later, yeah. later based the entire Frankenstein series. Like, just give me something. Like, I don't care. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Great idea, by the way, Jeremy. Great thinking. <laughs> um, very great. Look, I've seen Warehouse 13. I'm good at coming up with artifacts, okay? <laughs> um, I, would have, I, w- I would love anything. And again, it doesn't really matter. I can brush it off. But it's just, it's one amongst several kind of glaring things like this that that drags the episode down a little well it's bit. not and 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 like I, you say drag it down like i like i was struggling to keep up with keep and i'm usually pretty good at this like yeah, i can touch yeah. type i can i can look at a screen and i can type on a on a page at the same time without too much difficulty i do this for quite a few shows like we we do it for yeah. this podcast i do it for another like another show i do this a lot i watch shit i make notes at the same time i'm not going to say that come on type of proficiency is 100% or anything, but I, it gets me by. I was I had to pause it several times to catch up mm-hmm. to the stuff that they were telling us because it was a fucking lot of it. Like, this whole thing is taking us forever to talk about because we, number one, keep going on side tangents about TBDs and their, t- and their TBDs. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's it's just ridiculous. There's just so much. Like, there's so much of it there. And I like it goes so fast with all of this stuff like this kind of feels like a season worth of stuff like or at least a few episodes worth of stuff i don't know anyway it's a lot it's a lot and i um i i don't know i just they could have whatever let's let's not dwell on it any longer it's the whole point is that we're setting up this thing where it's supposed to be an a painful extraction because it's once again a self-sacrificing sam who can't deal with things and he just wants to throw himself into the fire because he thinks that will make it better um and that's what they're they're setting up here because we have to we have to make sure that we mention that it's going to they can extract the grace but it'll be painful even though there's no way that anyone would know that castiel says that but like why why would it be painful yeah (laughs) he's not an angel is there is there not a local anesthetic in this universe (laughs) give him a fucking ibuprofen give him an 800 milligram ibuprofen you can get him over the counter the, you know, I take them when I got a sore back. Sometimes it's no big deal. It'll help a little. NBD just it also sterilize the place where you're about to stick this giant. Anyway, we're we're gonna get there later, guys. Um, so we go back over to Dean and Crowley, who have uh who have found this woman Tara, who runs what looks like a pawn shop. They find her uh, standing at the counter. She's reading uh Lock and Key, uh, a graphic novel. Which if you guys haven't read, I would suggest doing so. Really cool, some Lovecraftian shit, and I think it's about to be made into That's a TV Joe Hill, show. Right? I think it's Joe Hill. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good shit, good shit all the way around. Uh, she is, I mean, just a Ripley clone, right? Like that's what that's what she's that's what she. Oh yeah, is. Like, she, she's wearing yeah. like also the, um, buff as fuck <laughs> and extremely buffed out. Like got serious muscles, very little veins, but I think that works for a woman. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. You know, this is as much as you'll get to this later, listener. Truly huge dude, uh, THD. That can that can absolutely apply to this woman here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hunk in the uh, most positive d- of ways. You'll get to it. Later. You'll get to d- it. Dude like Hunk is a multi-gendered descriptor nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this is Tara. Uh, Dean introduces himself, and uh, 
she she kind of leans down and like grabs something, uh, which I thought she was going to pull up a weapon and just like shoot Dean Winchester, thinking that he was you know John Winchester reincarnated. Yeah, enough is enough. Let's show is canceled. Um, but it turns out that uh, she has an injury that. And, and instead of her knee predicting the rain or when it's going to get cold, it just like fucks with her when a demon enters her presence, which is pretty dope. I mean, wow. I kind of like that as That's like cool. an old as an cool. old hunter like wound yeah. or whatever. Um, That's what Sam should have for his big kicks from his blasted knee. <laughs> he just every time Sam sees a demon, he should just pass out immediately. It would save a lot on furniture costs That's, in this show. <laughs> he basically does. <laughs> this point <laughs> just this immediately like does the thing where like someone invisible punched him out like he just flails backwards <laughs> every time he, see, like, he docks d- over a shelf every time <laughs> he just walks around with the fucking mattress strapped to his giant back <laughs> yeah he has to i'm he gonna need to it a helmet i'm gonna need it guys i'm gonna need it uh but she she clocks that that crowley is a demon pretty quick um and crowley's like look I'm, i'll get out of here and let you guys talk but he can't teleport out because she has drawn a, a demon trap underneath the rug on the floor um at some point i, f- I feel like demons are going to stop falling for the demon trap routine but like they just keep doing it and i love it every time chris it's never it never gets old to me they never they never check the rugs because it's you know it's a weird thing to do to walk into a store go let me look under your rug really quick you know you never know um she also thinks that dean must be possessed if he's with crowley but he's like no this guy's with me because he's helped me track down the first blade um she says that dean is an idiot for looking for that old relic it's nothing um but when he mentions abaddon that kind of grabs her interest because she dedicated a lot of time to finding that blade to finding the first blade but she also i think believed that all the knights of hell were dead so knowing that one of them isn't that kind of is suddenly like uh reignites the, her desire to find the blade um she had she'd given up her quest because she had a spell that would locate the blade but it was an incomplete spell because the last thing that she needed was essence of kraken and then that same summer she saw pirates of the caribbean and was like <laughs> oh fuck that's what a kraken is oh wait i can't get that uh, this is this is not for me my knees i've already got a bum knee this, yeah. i don't need a bum everything else w- <laughs> yeah um but thankfully crowley's like uh i can get that no big deal so um after some some hemming and hawing they're like, okay, we can go let we can go let Crowley go and and get the essence of Kraken from somewhere. So I know um, we're I know we're spending just I know we're spending a lot of time on this episode, but I, I just mm-hmm. first Crowley says that he has a warehouse of essence of Kraken yeah. in Belize, which yeah. I'd have a lot of like, are there that many Krakens? And is that the reason that there aren't that many Krakens anymore? <laughs> like, did he just wipe out the entire I, Kraken population to, to make essence? There's, there's, there's some meta lore there. You got to read the item descriptions if we really want to know. <laughs> I'm going to need to see the post-it note on the back of this vial or whatever yeah. that he gives it. Um, she also says that like her and John did like almost track down the demon that had the knife, uh, but then they couldn't get it. And uh, they couldn't get the info, and then they spent a a great weekend together. And Dean is so uncomfortable by this, and this is going to be yeah. kind of a running through line between him and Tara. Like, why do you have to tell me that you had sex with my dad? Tara like, just that's... constantly mentions that she has sex with his dad. She's ha- she had sex with his dad, like to the point where I thought she was going to do like the the porno cougar thing of like, well, I did your dad. I'm now I'm going to do you yeah. too, Sonny. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, voice that, that was. I'm sorry, <laughs> it was scary. Is what it was. Yeah, I'm um, really sorry. So man. now, so now, Dean's doodles and Dad's diary are going to be a little bit different. <laughs> going to be some, some sad and confused doodles in Dad's diary. Um so she finally 
she, she they finally let Crowley go to get the the essence. Uh, she shoots a hole in her floor. She shoots. Why a, didn't she just cut it? She. I mean, she could have just like scuffed it with her foot, she painted a line over it. But no, she takes she the puts, shotgun, sh- shoots a hole in her floor. Um, what do the neighbors think? Like next door, like she runs a storefront. Doesn't <laughs> she, she? she is. Like, she is they, on they heard, Main Street. She's on a street. They just heard a fucking shotgun blast. Everybody in like, this room should be like, should be deaf right now. Nobody should be able to hear oh, anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm yeah. While Crowley is gone, uh, she tells him like you're a fool for cozying up to Crowley. Abaddon I really sucked your dad off. You <laughs> better believe. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know why that got me. That's really good. <laughs> Deeds doodle in that later. Oh God! Guy. I didn't want to know that. Um, was it good? Uh, <laughs> she says he's a fool for cozying up to Crowley. And he says, "Look, Abaddon is the worst, and I'm going to take care of uh, Crowley afterwards. You have to trust me." And she says, "You sound just like your dad when he said he would call me." And I'm like, "Okay, Tara, dial, dial it down a little bit, okay? Dial it down." Yeah, he's dead, by the way. He's dead. <laughs> Crowley um, arrives. Yeah, yeah. That, that was never mentioned. <laughs> like, that was, seems like an important fact. Uh, I think it's just assumed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crowley arrives, and it's time for some wizardry. Uh, I, I. I know we talk a lot of shit about this show sometimes. I kind of am here for them mixing up some spells in a pot, pouring this mixture yeah. over a map, and lighting it on. Excuse me, it lighting cool. it on fire. I liked this spell. I think they've done similar spells to this before. May have, uh, yeah. and yeah, I was into it. it. That the fire burns everywhere except for the one patch where what they're looking for. It's this little place in Missouri. Yep. Uh, yeah, I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so they they head out. We don't know how much time has passed, but they. Dean and Crowley pull up on this farm. Uh, they get out of the car, and it seems like pretty normal. Uh, but they get out of the car, and Crowley immediately says that he senses something dark. And then we have a, a pretty great comedic moment where he goes, "Oh no!" And then we see this motherfucking beekeeper walking out, <laughs> carrying a. And oddly enough, this is a funny moment where he says that when I was really little, nineteen ninety-two or three, I used to rent the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Um, like uh, detective movies or whatever that they had. Okay, and there's should, one. Do where they I, cut this, or is this something that you're gonna put out there publicly? No, it's just it's it's no. I don't care. I was like literally, I was three years old. I don't care. Uh, I was a baby, a little baby, and because they were movies for babies. But they had one with a beekeeper in it, and he had like murdered somebody because they were murder mysteries or something like that. And I was terrified of beekeepers for so long because of the, that image from a Mary Kate. And uh, Ashley Olsen detective agency VHS tape that I rented from West Coast Video. Um, it, it traumatized me a little bit, and that brought th- that brought this back. That brought that twenty five year old memory back to me. Um, I was uh, I was curious if there was ever an eighties movie because I was about to make a joke of um, like you see a beekeeper and like you can never be terrified of a beekeeper. Uh, then I got to thinking like, well, they did like the Candyman and they did like the dentist oh, yeah. and all that stuff in the eighties. So I just googled the beekeeper and they a, a movie called The Beekeeper came out in two thousand nine. Would you like the one sentence summary that's on IMDb? Yes, uh, yes. When his son's girlfriend becomes pregnant as a result of their affair, a beekeeper must sacrifice his integrity for his iniquity. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> all right. All right. I'm just going to bookmark this so I can watch this trailer later. I'm sure it's Yeah, head, head over to uh, 
head over to Monster of the Week, patreon.com slash Monster of the Week if you'd like to support us in watching the Yeah, beekeeper. yeah, so, sign up at the $10 tier and you can suggest that we watch The Beekeeper from 2009. That seems like a great time to put that in. Uh, so Crowley, Crowley is freaking the fuck out. Uh, he starts saying that this is the father of murder, the Cain from the Cain and April. Uh, he wants to leave. It's actually kind of... It's a little bit spooky to see Crowley this spooked, right? Like you don't see we've yeah. not seen he's yeah. faced down Abaddon, he faces down the Winchesters left and right. Like he's never really been intimidated that we've seen on screen. Um but with this, like he is fucking terrified. And when he turns around to get back in the car, Kane just appears behind him. And of course, this is mm-hmm. the Kane that we saw in the cold open. Um and then we kind of just immediately cut over to them in the house. So like they, he leads them in. Uh, I think Dean wonders why Crowley hasn't just like blipped out yet. And he says, Oh, I'll never leave my domestic partner. And Dean's like, no, he's, he's, he's got you locked down. And, and, and Crowley's like, yeah, he's doing something to me. And I, I don't know what it is. Um, and then he describes that his Kane, pants off. Is what he's doing. Exactly. Can't leave without my pants. Uh, Crowley describes Cain killing Abel and becoming the first and most powerful demon. Uh, and that he killed thousands of people and thousands of things before disappearing. Basically, he's making this sound like a uh, like a nighttime story, like the you know the Grinch is going to come get you or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like the demon boogeyman. He's the demon boogeyman. Thank you. And yeah, so he's he's saying all of this when Kane arrives and just starts like he's very relaxed. He's carrying like a tea tray <laughs> like with some, yeah. with some nice snacks on it. Uh, talking about how relaxing beekeeping is and how all, once all of the bees are gone, all of the humans will be gone. Like all this, just kind of casually having these yeah. conversations and uh, more importantly, knows exactly who both of them are. Uh, mm-hmm. And when he asked what they want, Crowley immediately starts jumping in to like talk about this stuff. And he just says, Nope. And just Crowley can't talk anymore. So that Kane has this weird control over Crowley, which I actually mm-hmm. kind of dig. Mm-hmm. I think that's neat. Um, and while Crowley is now silenced, it leaves Dean to talk. And he says that, Hey, we're, we don't want to bother you. We are here to get the first pl- blade so that we can kill a knight of hell, which like, you know, that was kind of like your jam. Kane, so maybe like, be, how about you be cool about this? Yeah, why don't you why don't you help us out instead of just giving us tea? Like, give us the blade so we can move the fuck on. Uh, notably, when he hears Abaddon's name, like the camera shoots down to his hands, and he is gripping this chair. Kane is he is mm-hmm. very mad to hear the name Abaddon. Yeah, because despite being uh you know Kane, the first murderer, this boogeyman, whatever, he's been like super low key, super chill, uh, hanging out, not stressing, not trying to like scare them. Obviously, he has a powerful hold over Crowley. But his demeanor is very relaxed until Abaddon's name is mentioned. Um, very quickly here, we get uh, a shot of the, uh, the store where uh, uh, Tara is, and the demon in the trucker hat comes in, and she draws her gun, and I believe she shoots him here. She does. Uh, and then mm-hmm. it cuts, it very quickly cuts back to the conversation with Kane. And Kane uh, tries to kick them out, um, <clears throat> but Dean is like, kind of forcibly trying to convince him and Kane is relatively impressed with Dean's uh basically complete lack of fear at Kane, right? Like he's just like who is this like human that isn't running in terror from me? And um he says that Kane he should be afraid of Kane because Kane built the entire demon organization with his with his own hands and he says you know everyone thinks that the angels killed all the the knights of hell but actually i'm the one that did it uh i and i i turned you know i turned against my kind and did it uh and of course crowley knew this and dean is very pissed at crowley for not providing this information which i think is very funny 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he just straight up kicks him out of his house. He's like, I, got, I, I have to go to town. I will see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, I need to run errands. Please go. Um, and Dean is like, all right, well, here's the, the thing to do. See, this is a problem. Whenever he needs to do a double brother bluff, he needs his brother. He needs his brother. Breaking breaking into houses immediately after the owner leaves is a double brother bluff in one form or another. Yeah. Um, So he's like, all right, well, as soon as he goes to the store, he'll he'll be in town for a little while. We'll, we'll, uh, you know. We'll go, we'll go steal the blade. I love that. How Dean, hard can it be? I love that Dean says we'll go in there and take what's ours and get out of here. And yeah. I'm like, Dean, do you not know how like the law of possession works? Like you've yeah, never even seen on. this blade before. It's it's kind of a big deal to this guy specifically. Like, why are you going to be like this? Um, also, he's not like a guy. Like he's he's Kane, <laughs> like the first demon or whatever. You can't just. You can't just like break into his house, like, and he's just not gonna notice. Oh, like it's it's probably in a drawer somewhere because sure, why not? It's just like the way that they find hex bags. They search like four places, and that's you know then they'll done. get it, or, yeah. or or it doesn't exist. Um, and that's how it is with uh, with, you know, relics like this. It's they'll either they'll find it pretty quickly, or they won't find it. So at this point, we we go back to the bunker. Um, Kaz and Sam are coming in. Castiel asks Sam, uh, hey, can I ask you a question? And Sam says, you just did. And Castiel says, can I ask you another question? Sam, don't, and Sam, come on, Sam. <laughs> and I'm no, like, he's delicate with what, the shit. Like, Sam, come on. I know we just filled your head Sam's with needles. just fucking the, with the, the whole episode. In the last episode. like, But still, oh, yeah. like, cut the guy some slack. Um, <laughs> eventually, he gets his question out. And uh, basically, it's just Castiel just trying to convince Sam that Dean is a good dude. And like... Well, you know, you you wanted to live. Like you chose to live after the trials. You wanted to to live. That's why Dean had to save you. And Sam's like, he took that choice away from me. Like I, he didn't. He lied to me about it. Like that's the problem here. The problem isn't anything that I want to do before that. It's that he fucking lied to me. Um, mm-hmm. and Sam is like, I don't really want to talk about that. I am focused on finding Gadriel and also settling debts. So I guess. And this is something that's interesting to me. Like, I wouldn't. Sam's not normally the type for revenge in this kind of scenario, right? Like, I know he had his right. whole revenge set up after after Paul Winchester died, but we haven't really seen him go full revenge on somebody in, a, in a quite a while. And I think again, it's because he blames himself. And I think you could almost say that about uh, Yellow Eyes and and uh, Papa Winchester dying is Sam thinks that it's his fault because he's this. He was the chosen one, or whatever. It was all supposed to be about him, and so the fact that. Uh, John and Dean were getting wrapped up to it, up in it, and and John died. Sam blames himself for that, and that's kind of what fuels his revenge: is his self-loathing first, first of all, and then it's anger or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he says, "Okay, it's time. It's time to get to stabbing." <laughs> so he, he hands yeah. Castiel this enormous syringe that they have found, and then we go back over to Kane's house where Dean and Crowley are in the process of, of breaking in, even though Dean is extremely, excuse me, Crowley is extremely nervous, and Dean has to tell him to, quote, sack up. He has told mm. the king of hell to sack up, Chris. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, Crowley's no burglar, all right? So, you know, he's, he's not, uh, this, is, this is a lot for him to handle. Bur- burglary is different than being a hunter. It, IMO, if you ask me. Um, but you know, you know how it is. You know how it is. 
Dean, who knows what he's doing, immediately goes to seek out pictures of women. So he goes over to the fire to the fireplace, finds this <laughs> picture of Colette, and is like, oh, Colette is wearing that same ring. There's a connection here. And I'm like, yeah, the connection is that he has a fucking picture of her. <laughs> like, he's the, he's, the, he's the literal cane, and he has a picture of a woman on his wall. Like, I think she's going to yeah. be important in some way. Like, I don't she's, think she's... Yeah, she'll come up. She didn't come with she'll the come frame, up. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> those are the only kind of pictures that dean has and it's like exactly just, right the pre the pre-framed ones from walmart is this uh um, is this small child in your wallet is that sam like, no no just came with the wallet man i don't know what to tell you just came with the wallet uh i can't get it out <laughs> outside we see the demon who drives up and uh he is he is this is the trucker demon trucker hat demon um he yeah. sees that where dean and crowley are and he calls in he says uh i'm gonna need some backups and everybody yeah. and he is send the chopper send the chopper <laughs> <laughs> in the chopper like he's fucking rick ross yeah. uh I, and he and he's got blood all over his face like he's obviously killed uh tara at this point yeah and also got shot in the face but he still killed her yep um so yeah he calls for backup and then i think we are back to the bunker with Cass sticking a big old needle into sam's neck this ain't the first time this has happened um just casually extracting that magical grace via needle um it triggers while he's doing this. He sticks a needle into Sam, and it's it's less so physical pain and more like this sort of psychic internal pain that strikes him as as these these painful flashbacks of everything start hitting Sam, and we realize that his body is regressing back to the point before Gadriel entered him and before he started healing. Because for whatever else that Gadriel did, he was actually healing Sam. Um, he was also doing other things, but. Um, so now it's regressing back to that point where he was hospitalized because things were so bad. Um, Castiel tells Sam this, but Sam is like, fuck it. Keep going anyway. I don't care. You, we need to keep doing this. Uh, so excuse me, Castiel sticks the needle deeper and we go back over to Crowley um, and Dean, who has found nothing. Dean tells him about the uh, the picture of the woman. And then, of course, Kane shows up because he's a, a fucking... Hey, he's like, where are all these fucking cars parked in front of my house? <laughs> Why? I haven't seen anybody in I 200 de- years. I had, to park, <laughs> I had to park at the bottom of the driveway and walk all the way up here with my groceries. What I don't, going I, on? I didn't want to block anybody in, and I'm feeling really frustrated at this walk right now. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is my driveway, and this is, this is not my problem, but I didn't want to block anybody in. I've still got ice cream in the trunk if anybody wants to volunteer a fucking hand. <laughs> uh, so, Kane shows up. Uh, all of the demons I've been gone for three up. hours. I didn't just come back with one bag of groceries. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Stocked up for the week over here, Dean. Jesus Christ. That's I just I love the idea of Cade being just really perturbed because he has so many groceries. Not even that they broke back into his house, but just that they have the audacity to block the driveway and he's got groceries. My frozen dumplings from Trader Joe's are melting right now. They're not as good if they could become less than less than frozen, Dean. They don't warm up as well. It's, it's really humid tonight, Dean. I can't. Uh. So, uh, as soon as Kane shows up, a bunch of the demons friends shows up and they're like all like extras on the, from sons of anarchy, like dressed in flannel and oh, like yeah. had biker shirts. Oh, yeah. Um, just like people in the background of that, like mechanic shop that they would hang out at. Um, they're, they're all demons. <laughs> Dean starts mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to do this. Like there's, there's a lot of them, but we can take them. Like we're going to have to, uh, salt the doors. And all, he starts like going into like demon defense mode. And C- Kane is like, yeah, you guys have fun. <clears throat> If you survive, I'll uh, I'll cook you the last dinner that I'm going to make at this house before I disappear again forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, now I'm going to put these groceries away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not of y'all going to help, but I'll do it. I'll do it myself. Um, 
outside, the main demon dude says that he peeled off all of Terra's skin. Uh, I, I just yet another pretty egregious example of Supernatural introducing what looks like kind of a badass woman character and then immediately killing yep. them off. I'm really surprised. No that, reason uh, for her to be dead, but yeah. Who was the who was the chick that actually survived <laughs> the, the the Supernatural curse? That um, oh, I can't believe we've forgotten the story. She was right there with those other t- Pete and. <laughs> I can't remember the name. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, oh god, I can't. I can't. I don't remember her name. Was it Tammy? Oh my god, it no. was, it can't be Tammy, right? <laughs> it wasn't Tammy. Um, oh my god, she she lived, so it wasn't as funny to talk was, about. Exactly. Her. We didn't we didn't go through those jokes. Anyway, um, so I, we're yeah, part this of the is, problem. I, we're, ne- we're never going to see Tara again. Um, she was such a weird character to pick. Like she's got such a look that I, I went back through her IMDb to see if like she was. Like, do you remember that episode that the exorcist chick showed up? I can't remember her name either, but, uh, like I thought she might've been like famous in the horror community or something. And I kind of looked through and I didn't see anything that stuck out, stuck out to me. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with this. Hmm. Anyway, they wanted, they wanted to remind us all that John Winchester fucked. Yeah, exactly. We go back over to Sam and Cass. Uh, Sam is basically driving this, like using Castiel's hand to to drive this needle even deeper. Uh, Castiel tries to tell him like, hey, life is precious. Like this is something that I learned as being a human is that every single life is precious. Uh, But Sam insists. He's like, no, no, we got to keep going. And Castiel goes even deeper. Fuck. (laughs) It's not Um, good. Is this this the part where where he, he... Like reflects upon humanity because he looks at his PB and J that's like sitting discarded on the table. Or does that that's, is that that's the gonna, next session? That's gonna be the that's gonna be the next time we we, we that's kick the back. next um, session. All right, saved yeah, yeah. by PB and J. Dean, uh, meanwhile, is yelling at Kane, who has been alive since like the beginning of humanity, essentially, and is like a a, a pretty pretty powerful unit <laughs> in this whole situation. Oh, yeah. Huge unit, yeah. <laughs> he's a huge. He's. <laughs> He's a truly big unit, TBU. Yeah, um, he's sure. yelling at about the sending this out, and and Kane says, "Well, like, well, maybe you've just lost a step and you can't handle it," and uh, and he snaps his fingers. The the cabinet blocking the door slides over. Three demons come into the room, and then the cabinet slides back and closes the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really like that Kane has to snap to make all his magic happen. And, like it's very it's very appropriate. Like it's just very. He good. likes the, he likes a little bit of flair with it, you know. Um. um now we're into a fight scene. Uh, Dean manages to take down one of them. He gets held down by the other two, but he escapes that and manages to knife the other one. I find the uh, fighting choreography better than usual in this episode. Yeah, I don't know why. Okay. I thought this. I thought this was pretty decent hand-to-hand combat stuff. Yeah, it's all really close quarters, like right in the kitchen. Um, they're trying to make Dean seem like Jason Bourne. Um, oh yeah, and- very much so. And I like Jason Bourne, so I think we just solved that fucking mystery right there. Yeah. <laughs> There, there we go. There's a lot of quick cuts and everything, so it seems like very frenetic action. It's very intense, but um, yeah. So while that's all happening, uh, Crowley is in the other room. He gets attacked by a demon. He he kills the demon with uh, an angel blade. He gets a, a little one liner in of "You're good, but you're not Crowley," or "But I'm Crowley." I think that's what he says. Um, and so that's all that they they've they've taken care of business. Uh, they've killed those demons, and now Kane says, you know, hey, Dean. I've felt connected to you since I met you, and now I see that we are very much alike. Um, and Dean is all like, well, what, what is that supposed to mean? But, you know, whatever. He also says, Kane also says that the blade is gone, that it isn't here. Um, and then it's back to the bunker. And, and I- there's actually, I wrote down a, a quote from the last time that we saw Sam and Cass okay. that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Cass says, why must the Winchesters run towards death? Sam says, my life's not worth more than anyone else's. Not yours, not Dean's, not Kevin's. Please help me do the right thing. Keep going. I think that's important because that's, again, that's Sam to a T. That's, that's his bullshit that he needs to deal with. And in and, and this scene right here, Cass is going to put a stop to that bullshit. Exactly. I do want to mention, during that fight scene, one of the cooler aspects of it was while Dean is fighting all of these demons, Kane is just casually sitting there. Like, at one point, he gets up and walks to get a beer and sits back down. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just, like, very casually, like, just standing there. They very specifically don't hit him or anything. Like, when they throw Dean on the table, it's right in front of him, and he just moves his beer. Like, it's very it's very cool, right? Like, this feels like yeah, very, yeah. almost Tarantino-esque in some way. He's good shit. He's good shit. Uh, so now we go back over to, uh, Sam, right? Cass and Sam and the PB and J scene. Yes. Um, he, Cass looks over and he sees the sandwich and then he pulls Anito out and, and he just, he stops and he heals Sam and he was like, you know, that's all the grace we're going to get. That's, that's all that's there. It's all going to be able to get out. Um, and, and then he says, Sam is kind of, you know, blustered and whatever and Cassio says nothing is going to be worse than losing you being human didn't just change my view of food it changed my view of you i can relate to how you feel because the only person who has screwed things up more consistently than you is me and sam does one of those like face reactions like the, the blinking face gif um <laughs> but like it's true like it's true um and Castiel says, and now I know what that guilt feels like, and I know what it means to feel sorry, Sam, because I am sorry. And Sam says, I know. Um, but Castiel goes on to say it, you know, like, for the old me, for the old Castiel, the ends always justified the means. So he would always take that big risk, make that sacrifice, whether it be on himself or on somebody else, because in the end, it would be worth it, but not anymore. Then he's just that that's not who he wants to be anymore. He doesn't want to be the ends justify the means kind of guy anymore, which is a big turning point for Castiel. And I hope that it's going to be a big turning point for Sam too. honestly following in the example of his friend Cass, you know, um, because Cass says that if angels can change, maybe Winchester's can too. Um, and I think that's a good point. I think Cass is being a, a, a shoulder for Sam to lean on. He's giving him advice. He's relating to him in ways that sometimes Dean and Sam can't to each other. That's why it's good to have, you know, like maybe one other friend. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't just hang out with your gigantic brother all the time. Maybe have a friend. Maybe just have one one single friend. I like this. I like that Castiel remembers some of the things that he learned from being human. Because one of my favorite stories throughout the season has been Castiel uh, with some kind of weird stuff that that jagged to to the side for me. You mean his virgin nut? Yes, yes, thank you for reminding me, reminding <laughs> us all about his virgin nut. I, uh, but one of my favorite stories has been his his kind of his his road to humanity, and then when he got his yeah. grace back, I was kind of bummed because every time that they've kind of shown anything like that happening, they usually the characters go back to the way they were acting before. And Castiel, like looking at this peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and realizing <clears throat> he misses that, like he would miss. Like he misses being human and and like that kind of congealing everything in, in his head, I think really works. Like, I think this is a really great story, a, a really great moment of character for Castillo. Yeah. And it's a really great 
reflecting point for Sam. And I think that this is, it's a small moment. And you could say it's almost like ham-fisted because they mentioned the peanut butter and jelly earlier and he looks at the sandwich and that's what makes him think of this. But it's, it's, the conversation itself is light enough. And it's Castiel being like, listen, dude, I've been here before. If anyone knows how you feel, it's me. And it's just, it's, I changed and I think that you can change too. And it isn't about trying to say, you know, Sam, you can't blame yourself. Uh, Kevin's death wasn't your fault. It's none of that. It's, I know that you're sorry, but you can't be like this. Exactly. Um, really good stuff from Sam and Cass. I got, yeah. when we, when I saw that they were kind of the B team or the B plot in this episode, I was, I was a little worried because I just assumed that it would be a bunch of Sam whining about, you know, killing people that he didn't actually kill or, or anything. But I'm really glad that this, they kind of focused more on, on Castiel about all of this. And, um, the, the other outcome of all of this is that once they get the grace out, he heals Sam of all of his injuries, including all the trial stuff. So Sam is now hundo percent. Yeah. All right. Lickety split. Why couldn't we do that earlier? <laughs> well, I'm just have multiple sessions, Sam. I need multiple sessions. Anyway, <laughs> like he's removing a fucking benefit. tattoo. Um, yeah. is, has Sam got his tattoo back yet? By the way, that's probably I mean, something that, we should that take care been- of. Yeah, Castiel definitely inked him up. Oh man! Now that's the scene with between Sam and Cass and a needle that I really want to see. It's just Sam standing there. Castiel <laughs> very badly draws the symbol on his chest. The fucking homemade tattoo. Doesn't have gun. to be good. It just has to be there. It just it does not have to be good. It just has to be done. Just get it done, Cass. <laughs> so Sam's looking at the mirror at this thing. Like I guess. Sure, it's I just, guess. It's all crooked and shit. It's it's either that or a Celtic cross, which I think does the same thing. So we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we go back over to Kane. Um, they're they're kind of asking where the blade is. Where is the blade? Where's the blade? Where's the blade? Uh, Kane says they didn't they didn't track the blade. They tracked the source of the blade's power, which is something called the Mark of Kane. And he pulls his shirt up, and he kind of has a a um like a, a scar almost. Like this is like it's a kind of like a third flesh. nipple. It's a little bit like a third, like a deformed third nipple on his on this forearm. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, and it's no, in the it's, shape it's, of the uh, blade, yeah, right? Like it's kind of got that bone, yeah. that jawbone kind of look to it. It's this like jawbone, like shark fin. That's that I remember. Used to think it looked like a shark fin, but sure. yeah, it's more like yeah. the shape of the blade. And it is cool. It's because it's raised flesh, like a yeah. like a. Big it's like a brand. Um, it's almost. a brand. Yeah, um, it, it's pretty cool looking. I will say I was I've been really into Crowley being terrified of Kane pretty much this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he crosses himself when he sees the mark of Kane, like I kind of rolled my <laughs> eyes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they took it too far. Well, it's all about it's all about to hit the uh, hit the shit is going to hit the fan here anyway. Exactly. Um, but uh, before we get to the shit hitting the fan, Kane has to explain his origin story. Um, it turns out. <clears throat> He wasn't punishing his brother for being God's favorite. Uh, it turns out that Abel wasn't talking to God at all. He was actually talking to Lucifer. And Lucifer was seducing him away from the, from, from the good life or whatever. So uh, Cain makes a deal to enter hell's service <clears throat> and guarantee his brother's uh, entry into heaven as long as he kills his brother himself. This sounds like a terrible deal. It really feels like, like a, a bad deal. It feels deal. like you could just talk to Abel a little bit, right? Like, that's not God. Hey, brother. That's not God. That's a bad guy. Um, let's go hang out somewhere else. Let's go make some new friends. Let's go get you laid, brother. We, we got to get, get your mind off all this. I, I just, but literally no, just anything. Takes the deal. Um, Fucking drama. <laughs> drama queen Kane over here. And so at, at Lucifer's bidding, he created the Knights of Hell. And then he basically like rained death on the earth and in hell for many, 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 many years. Um, and then he met a woman named Colette, 
uh, who he has since uh, framed a picture of on his uh, fireplace, uh, who understood everything that he was and still forgave him. And, uh, and she asked him to give up the life. And of course, he couldn't without tracking down all of the archangels, so he had to kill all of them first. Um, and then we go back to the scene. I realized now, Chris, when I'm thinking about this, I thought that they had said in the cold open that they had to pr- protect the knife at all costs. But he walks in with the knife. He must be trying to protect the wife. The, that must be the what it knight. Is. The, they said they're protecting the knight. Ah, that makes costs. even more sense. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh, my bad. Uh huh. Because he's looking for the knights of hell. So. Um, cause yeah, we're, are we, is this where we get our flashback and we get our little, a yep. little twist, mm-hmm. our twist of the knife. Um, whereas yeah, he gets, he, he gets to, um, throw all the demons in the flashback and oh no, Colette is possessed by Abaddon. Uh, and he realizes that, uh, you know, he, Abaddon's taken over my wife, but I'm not going to let my wife be taken this way I'd, I'd rather just or i don't know if they were married i'm i'm, I'm assuming sure I'm, he's she's not gonna let colette be possessed so he stabs her um but just before he does it abaddon dips the fuck out of there oh but man um, so like, he just he just kills his wife right before that though like uh abaddon starts like like shredding this woman's body right like so she oh, can yeah. she yeah. she can like from the inside like this woman does like the weird twisty things like her bones are being broken from the inside and abaddon's like i could i could just do this all the time and then he, it makes him so angry then he tries to stab her but abaddon smokes out before he can so he ends up killing his wife i thought that was extremely cool because mm-hmm. we just saw this with the angel with Sam in, in the last episode where Gadriel said, I, I can I can just like heat up his body from the inside and just ruin him, basically. So, Yeah, uh, it wasn't a good look for any of them, and everybody left bummed out. Yep. Uh, she makes him promise to not seek revenge. Uh, so that was the big thing is that, you know, there's been so much death, so much killing. You, you, you can't seek revenge. Just, you know, walk away from this whole thing. And he does. So he buries her and he walks away. And then... Uh, Dean, who has heard the story and is not sympathetic whatsoever, grabs him and threatens him with the uh, with Ruby's knife, and it says, "You know, you need to give me the the uh, the the first blade so that we can get the fuck out of here." And Kane grabs Dean's arm and stabs himself with the uh, Ruby's knife, and it does not kill him; just does nothing. Because just like everything else that Dean has done in this season, it's an empty threat, and that's nothing more. Yeah, because um, he literally can't kill. Cain with the knife with ruby's knife uh even more demons have arrived outside there's like 40 or 50 of these dudes out here out here now um like i I think that guy from sons of anarchy is in here somewhere mixed in to just kind of showed up this is the vancouver chapter of (laughs) vancouver chapter of sons of anarchy thank you very much uh crowley says like hey look i'll stay and help as long as i can and then i'm getting the fuck out of here um and we have this scene with Cain kneeling down at a grave at Colette's grave and um, telling her uh, I've, you know, for years I've tried to live up to your promise, but now I have to do some things and I need you to, to, to not look at me from where you are. I need you to, to, to yeah, look he says, away. Like, you've, you've always watched over me, but now I need you to look away. Yeah. And then uh Kane pops back into the house, tells Dean, and this is dude, this is maybe my biggest problem with this episode. Uh, tells Dean, I can give you the mark of Cain, although it will come with the great price, but you'll be able to use the blade. And he starts to tell him what the great price is. And Dean's like, I don't care. And just like grabs his arm and starts the thing. All right, are we, I mean, we could have talked about it, but all right. I mean, like, Dean, what are you doing? Like, you've every step of your life, 
at least since you know 2004 <laughs> has has come with yeah. every time you've reached for any kind of like huge power or anything it's come with this like gross cost and you're always upset and you've you spent so much time i shouldn't have done this i shouldn't have done that you have to look at this and go i really shouldn't be doing this right like this has to be what you think right. but instead you right. just do it and is it like in a misguided attempt to make up for what he did to Sam? Like it, that doesn't c- kind of feel right because Abaddon really it's didn't have just, anything to do with that. It's just helpless flailing, and I really don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a strong parallel to the to the scene we just had with um, Sam and Cass, where Sam learns to accept through Cass's advice the ends don't justify the means, and here is Dean saying, "I don't even." fucking care what the means are give me the ends i'll do whatever um and so i mean that's definitely highlighted here but it just seems needlessly reckless i mean i know they're surrounded by demons and the pressure's on or whatever but it's just um you know bad idea dean bad idea dean accepts this we actually see them grasp arms and like magic shit comes comes out and then the mark is transferred to dean's arm um, and then that's when the conditions start coming in. Number one, the blade is at the bottom of the ocean because <laughs> <laughs> it can never be it can never be destroyed. So why not throw it there? And uh, number two, once Dean is feeling fil- finished killing Abaddon, he has to come back and kill Cain. And Dean says, "Well, why would I? Why would I do that?" And Cain says, "For what I'm about to do." And then he teleports Dean and Crowley outside, and that's when all the demons come in. And from the outside, we see him just wrecking shop from, on all these demons and killing a lot of them. Uh, Dean and Crowley are shake family, as we like to say around mm-hmm. this podcast, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. immediately get the fuck out. Yep, they they jet, jet the f out. Um, I mean, killing all those demons isn't that doesn't seem like it was that bad. Kane, I mean, I guess you probably he probably just kills the vessels too, because who gives a shit? Do you remember when the uh, they did the demon bomb thing? Yeah. And like killed a bunch of demons at one time. Like I feel like I feel like this isn't as bad unless he's going to not stop killing demons, right? Like unless this is the start and right. he's just going to be killing demons every single time we see him for the rest of the season. This is not that bad of a deal. Yeah. I I, I get I could see a version of Kane. I don't really remember how this plays out. A version of Kane that just can't can't stop once he starts. Um yeah. So maybe maybe that's the idea is you know once he gets that that urge back once he starts killing again then it's just like all day every day baby you know i gotta kill um but yeah so we were left there and we go back to Cass and sam um more wizards trying, <laughs> more wizard shit they try to work the spell with the grace they extracted yep but it didn't work we get some uh, we get some blinky light cgi which looked mm-hmm. pretty dumb i think like this camera this camera mm-hmm. angle like looking up at them as they look down at the little pot and we see like the weird floaty kind of you know bubbly mixture kind of happening i think kind of looked pretty dumb to me yeah yeah um i wasn't impressed with this spell um and neither were they because yeah it doesn't work um and rather than being all worked up about it sam says that's all right and he says that castiel was right about everything um you know he needs to stop being the way that he is being and self-sacrificing and causing trouble. And, um, he gives Castiel a hug. It has to tell Castiel like, Hey, this is the part where you hug me back. Um, <laughs> Very cute. I like this a lot. And, and Castiel, he's still, he's, he's right there. And he's like, all right, you know what, what we got to do is we got to find Metatron. Um, like, don't worry about Gadriel anymore. Like stop obsessing and, and blaming yourself. We'll find Metatron. That's, that's where we got to go next. Um, he still wants to call Dean. Sam still doesn't want any part of that. 
Um, but at least we know that Sam is in a better space mentally as far as this stuff goes. Uh, and that's kind of where we leave off of them, Cassiel being a good friend and Sam kind of getting his head back on straight. This is uh, a. And then it's back to. This is not quite a brother hug, right? We can't classify this. No, as it's a not a brother hug. hug. But it's, it's not a brother hug. But it feels good. Like it fe- gives me that yeah. same that same vibe, right? Yeah. The Sam's trying to like, in the best way that he can. He's like, I could say all this shit, but you know what? I've never given Castiel a hug before. I'm just gonna give him a hug. Um, and you know he's still being awkward, Sam, and he's you're supposed to hug me back. Blah blah blah. You know it's funny. Um, and it also shows that you know what? Maybe their relationship isn't as tight as as we would want it to be. But they're working on it. They're being they're being good to each other here. Um, and then then we then we cut back to to Dean and Crowley for the final scene. Uh, they're like at the edge of the water on like a pier somewhere. Um, Crowley gets in a good line about nobody hates you more than you hate yourself to Dean. <laughs> believe, believe me, I have tried, which I think is also yeah. a good companion to that. Um, and Crowley says he's going to go get the blade. He's going to get a scuba gear on. He's going down because demons can't get the bends. So he's able to come back up very quickly. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is where Dean c- calls Crowley out. And he says, like, you knew the whole time. You knew the whole story. You knew everything that was going to go down. You knew the deal with the Mark and Kane and all this shit. And you played me. Um, and that, that whole thing of you being afraid of Kane, that was an act. You, you, were, just, you were just going along and, and trying to trick me here. Um, because you knew that we couldn't use the blade without the Mark. And you knew that if I knew all the details, I probably wouldn't accept the Mark. Um, I wouldn't have gone along with this. But... So Dean feels like he's just been he's been tricked into all that. Hey Dean, welcome uh, to forty fucking minutes ago. Like when Dean, when yeah. Crowley proposed yeah, this deal, like what the fuck were you thinking? Ever accepting this? Um, then he punches Crowley. He screams after Abaddon, "You're next!" And I still feel like he this this is impotent rage. It's it's uh it's just not nothing is coming from it. I feel like nobody they're trying to to rack up Dean probably as this bad boy killer with the mark of cain he's gonna be this vicious heartless machine like he was in season two after john died and he was processing all these emotions in season two i believed it here i don't here it's it's to- the show is, is gonna disregard the way that that we feel i think about this at least the way that i feel about this and they're gonna just keep telling me no dean is a badass no he is really strong but here because all he does is scream at people and say he's gonna kill them i don't feel it even though he still kills a lot of people like him yelling at Crowley about it, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, dude. You keep running in your mouth. You never do anything about it. Um, and I get it because he's got it. He's still gonna have Crowley, but like these outbursts aren't making me see a colder side of Dean. They're making me see uh, an emotional side of Dean that isn't strong. I guess I don't know. I don't really know what I'm trying to say here. And it's not necessarily criticism. Because it's okay for him to have impotent rage that, that I don't buy into. Because that's more of the, the fallacy of Dean. Um, this season where he's been living these lies and he's working himself up into this thing. And now suddenly he's he's gotten himself in the situation where he's been branded by the Mark of Cain. Which sounds pretty fucking serious. Um, because he just refuses to look at things clearly. And he just, just keeps making f- empty threats. And he's this, this, this Katamari of self-loathing that's only going to lead to more trouble for him. So I, I agree with you on a lot of this. My I, I I don't buy Dean as being some ruthless. Um, the ends always justify the means. Kill anything in my way. 
uh, has having that sort of mentality right now. Like I just like at, at this stage in season nine, I just don't quite get it because it feels like during the course of season nine, he was so very carefully trying to prevent things from happening. Yeah. Like he yeah. was, you know, he was, he was never working. You know, he didn't mean to kill Kevin. He was trying to keep, I mean, I know he didn't kill Kevin, but you guys know what I mean. Um, he didn't mean for Kevin to die. <clears throat> he was trying to prevent Sam from dying. He was willing to do these things, but in service of a greater good. And the things that he was doing, like the consent issues and, and lying to Sam, is bad, but it's not murder a bunch of people bad, right? Like it's right. not, it's not get the mark from the world's first murderer <laughs> bad. Like I just, and, and like that arc worked well because he was in the wrong, but he knew he was in the wrong. And it was like this, this hole that he kept digging deeper and deeper. And you could tell it was bothering him and he hated it and he kept wanting to come clean, but it kept never working out and it was just getting worse and worse. And he kept, you know, he wanted to, he wanted Sam's consent for all this and like, he was wrong and he knew he was wrong and he was suffering for that. And it, and it hurt him to be like that. And he just wanted everything to be okay. And then he knew Sam was going to be pissed, but then rather than, you know, try to make it right again, which I get him not wanting to do. It's just like, what if, what if now murder, <laughs> what if they go uh, <laughs> full murder with him? And, you know, I liked, I liked Dean's character development throughout this. He had Me done too. something bad, but they were doing something. It was true to him. And you could see he was really struggling, and and I felt for him, even though I knew he was in the wrong. Um, and and that's how you know that it's that it's working, that that they're doing good character writing, um, because we we sympathized with his predicament, even though we condemned his decisions. But here it's just like, oh fuck, what the fuck, dude? Also, it's it's Come like on. they it's like they want us to go back to uh, fresh out of hell, Dean Winchester, yeah. where he was kind of like a little empty inside and he had done all of these horrible things in hell and he, he, you know, he'd gotten off the rack and started torturing and technically broke the first seal because a lot of season four Dean is very fucking ruthless. Like at the end of that show, um, you know, where he, at the end of that, that kind of arc, he powers up, I keep going back to it, but he powers up Sam by killing a bunch of people. Like he's willing to do almost anything. He was almost, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it, that doesn't seem yeah. to exist anymore. I thought the whole thing at the end of season eight, when he prevents Sam, from dying kind of showed that he's like, no, 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 the ends does not justify. I can't lose my brother in service of locking up hell. Like I just can't do it. And so to see this, to see him being treated kind of all of a sudden, like he's just this ruthless serial killer basically. And, and like Crowley's speech to him at the, at the end of this kind of bleeds into that. Like, Oh, I've watched you for years. I, I know exactly what you're capable of. Like, yeah, but he's it's been a few years. <laughs> like it's he's kind of mellowed yeah. out since then a little bit. It like it, it doesn't feel like this is this is the truth of Dean Winchester anymore. This this is this is old school shit. Yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> so I'm with you. Done I, that if I uh, like I feel like I feel like this is I, 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 there's a lot of things. I feel like Dean is just. I hate to say out of character. Okay. Like I don't, I feel like that's, that's bad criticism almost because like the characters are whoever they are. Like it's, it's really easy to read in your own shit when you're defining people's characteristics right. and things like that. Um, I, I feel like this, uh, my problems with this episode and I'll be honest with you. Like if I can zoom out a little bit, most of this episode is really, really good. Like I kind of like the way that it moves. I like the a plot and the B plot. Uh, it's a lot of lore at once, which is a little overwhelming, and I feel like they could have stretched that out in two or three episodes. You've got twenty three episodes, y'all. Like you can yeah. <laughs> live a little. <laughs> like we don't have to go to you know we don't have to have our one off episodes. You can stretch this out a little bit. Um, so it's it's a little busy, but 
it actually makes sense, which is impressive for all of the things they're telling us. This is something that, you know, superhero TV, which I watched a lot of, really suffers from is like, oh, hey, we're going to dump a bunch of exposition on you and tell you a bunch of origin stories and invent new doodads to deal with. And like, that's not going to make any sense. It's the, the, the actual show is going to suffer. And that's not the case here. But man, like the Dean stuff, I just, why is he do? That's why I kept texting you last night. Why is he doing any of this? Why? Why? <laughs> why does he accept the mark of Cain? Why does he go along with Crowley? Like, he's, is he that depressed? If he's that depressed, I need an episode of, or at least half of an episode where you show me that he's that sad. You went from, I'm going to leave to protect you, Sam. And Sam's like, that's not why I want you to leave. I want you to get the fuck out of here because you lied to me. To him just sitting at a bar. Like, there was no in-between period to, yeah. to build also, any he kind was of- trying to f- he was trying to flirt it up right until Crowley walked in. He was just he was trying to get laid. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying. Man, I I just I just I, I wish this was a little bit better done. Like I wish we had seen a little. I wish. Look, if you're gonna make Dean fall, right? Like, and that's what they're doing, right? They want Dean to to feel like he's falling away from humanity. I feel like that's what they want to go with. If they're gonna make Dean fall, like, give me the episode where he's really yeah. in the shit. Because I can believe that. I can believe uh, Dean spiraling out from that point. And and falling away from humanity, but we we you gotta put in the work first. You can't just be like, yeah, here immediately setting up the cool thing. And I get the desire to want to set up the cool thing right away. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think that if we had had a little bit more time with it, and I don't know, almost I think the trial by fire, where it's like, oh, you have proven worthy of the mark of Cain. I think that that is it, to a degree, it's interesting. But I feel like. Dean coming upon Kane in in less violent circumstances and Kane giving him the mark again under less violent circumstances being like oh I see that you you would would respect this this mark and you are worthy of it because I know that you know you've proven yourself to be a good man who's fought and you do what the right thing blah 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 you know one of those kind of things where cuz Kane is kind of mellowed out Dean's kind of mellowed out and they they meet in the middle um and I don't know there's not that's not an exciting scenario but I could also see that type of scenario where then Dean gets the mark, and now the mark it now it's a battle of wills almost against this thing in him, where he go he he accepts the responsibility because he is deemed worthy of it, but then as soon as he's given it, it's like almost it was it's almost too much. It it pulls out that that killer in him. And then and then we got to deal with that. Then then all of this other spiraling away from humanity is because of a of a decision that he thought he was making in good faith rather than sort of diving headfirst into something you know yeah th- there's a way to handle it that doesn't feel so jarring and and maybe once we just that's the big thing is it feels so fucking yeah. jarring to go from last episode to this one without any kind of interruption in service and just immediately to have dean making these kind of decisions with no like we, we you need to build up to that like i need to see abaddon right. do some more bad shit i need dean to get really mad at abaddon for killing tara for instance, like maybe she murdered and tortured right, Tara right, right. or something like, and he wants revenge and, or maybe he, you know, she prevented deep sale from being healed or somehow. I don't know. Like I need, I need to see a buildup. I need to see him had to have something to sacrifice this for and to have yeah. him like at the bottom dregs of humanity or something. But this just feels like, yeah, we want him to have the mark of Cain. Also, we need to tell people what the mark of Cain is. But but he, but he needs the mark of Cain to wield the first. Bl- oh yeah. We need to also tell people what the first blade is. <laughs> like it feels just yeah. like a lot all at once. And, you know, I think that we'll be able to sort of compartmentalize all of this stuff a few episodes from now, when we're we're three episodes in, or even next episode, when we're an episode into Dean having the mark, and we whatever the origin was last episode, and maybe they can just make it compelling going forward, now that we're already in it, but the thing that got us in it felt forced, and it felt 
like we weren't ready for it. Um, and I think that that's, that can be the case a lot of times with Supernaturals. Uh, they, a thing is sprung upon us, and we're like, what? But once we get a couple episodes into that thing, we've now accepted it. We've now glossed over whatever plot holes there were. We filled it in ourselves, and now we accept it for where it is and, and move forward with it. And whenever that happens, I think we tend to enjoy it. So hopefully, going forward, our our gripes now will become less distinct. When, yeah. Once we're just in the motions of everything, but we, only time will tell. I um I do think that Supernatural has done has introduced things uh, slower and better than than this kind of stuff. Um, like I feel like it's it's really easy to point to season one through five, but like even some of the soul stuff in season six and uh, the Leviathans in season seven, I feel like were built up a little bit better than this. Like other than just introducing yeah. all of this shit at one time. Um, that said, I love Kane. Like just just so I say something positive at the end of this episode, so people don't think that I hated it. Like I I love Kane, I love the actor that plays Kane. I think that character is very cool. I like the twist that he was trying to save his brother. That mir- that mimics like the Dean and Sam relationship. Uh, there's one thing that we didn't really point out at some point where Kane's like we're a lot alike, and Dean says, "But I didn't kill my brother," and he says, "Well, why not?" <laughs> Which I think is very like you would have saved him, <laughs> like you would have you would have closed yeah. hell, <laughs> like yeah, that would probably been a good thing to do, Dean. He would have gone to heaven, like, but uh, like I, I I like the way that 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 works, and I I even like a lot of the Crowley stuff in this episode. I like the the Sam and Castiel stuff in this episode, and I think it sets up a a pretty interesting end of the season. Uh, I just uh, you know just. Just, I'm just, I just need a little bit more time to get used to this, and so yeah. Anyway, I won't, I won't keep going on about it. I, I, I like this episode. I have a lot of problems with it. Um, as we get deeper into the series, the thing that I'm going to have to try to do the most, I think, is turn my brain off when it comes to some of the mechanics of this lore bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I find myself starting to ask questions. Like, there was a discussion in our Discord today of like, well, like that dude who possessed that angel, uh, 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 Albert or whatever his name was <laughs> from the last episode, like. If he has his grace, like we've we've shown before that angels with in a vessel with grace don't have to like pee or poop and they can't have sex. Like Anna said that. So is that dude just not having like I have to turn that part of my brain all the way off for this right, stuff. Right. And I think that's going to be the most not disappointing, but that's going to be the hardest thing for me to do because I would, I want I want the show to have really well thought out inner working mechanics of all of this stuff. And that's impossible to do with showrunners writers directors and a 14 seasons worth of episodes like i just i'm gonna right. have to like separate that part of my, my brain for myself it's pretty easy to juggle all the lore when you've done 15 episodes of a show um but exactly yeah, appro- yeah. approaching episode 200 or whatever we're near now you know this, I get is, it. this is episode 183 in the series that we're okay. covering today yeah. so yeah. yeah so um the fact that it's even still on the air it's something in and of itself so. it's a fucking miracle my god my dude it's a fucking miracle <laughs> um thank you everybody for listening thank you for uh listening through our criticism if you would like to disagree with us in some way uh we do a feedback episode at the end of every season you can go to monster of the cool slash contact and uh check and then fill in every and just send us a little email uh to tell us what you're feeling or how you interpreted these things i store those all season so don't feel like you have to wait till the end of the year to or excuse me end of the season to send all that stuff in i keep them as soon as i get them in they go on a document we've already got like two or three pages worth of season nine stuff already and it's not even we're only 10 episodes in so um <laughs> Thank you to all the patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. You guys are super cool. Thank you to everybody that kind of has been following us on Twitter, communicating with us on Twitter and all that stuff. That's also super cool. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. If you want to yell at me about my opinions. Um, I am at local bones. If you want to learn about uh, Dean's doodles and dad's diary. 
It should be your Twitter net handle by the end of this episode. I want you to go change it immediately. Uh, you can find us also at MOTWCast. You can find links to all of that at MonsterTheWeek.cool. Uh, keep looking at that Twitter for special announcements. We have some cool stuff coming up. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the episode Sharp Teeth, which is teased as nothing but Garth Returns. Mm. Same. <laughs> <laughs> That was I am recording literally for two hours. There was some there was some, Yeah, same. There was some there's some length on that one. Yeah, there's some some length and girth. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good one though. I thought it was a pretty good one. I did too. I like I like getting into the like the, the episodes that are middling I kinda like dealing with because it's fun to kinda tease out what you do or do not like about it. Yeah. Um and we talked for like 35 minutes before we started. It's true. It's true. I did <laughs> we talk did a about Kingdom Hearts podcast. I did talk about ball enlargements, and you talked about Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah, we, I think we're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I'm recording way too early. I'm not even, I don't have the Discord app open yet. What am I thinking? You might not even be logged on yet. You know what the opposite of being logged on is? It might sound simple, but yeah, it's being logged off. And being logged off, that's a pretty big deal. Sometimes when I get out of work, I, I'm like, yeah, I haven't, in my, in, internally, I think, oh, I gotta log off of work, or something like that. And not mentally, I just, like, I'm stupid, that's how I talk now. Yeah, there's, a, um, I'm getting a Discord update, so, this, um, you're going on 40 seconds of audio now that you don't need, but... It's going to be there. And you know what? We all have to suffer for it. Um, the Discord update is currently saying that it's, quote, getting dunked. Because, you know, Discord loves its memes. Or memes, as uh, cultured folk like to say. <laughs> okay, we're making progress on that, uh, on that download bar. We're getting there. We're getting there. That's how I cough now. Son of a, okay, there's a second update. It's not a big deal. We're breezing through this one. It's a-okay. <laughs> it's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> that's how I cough now, Jeremy. I know what you're thinking. Why you like that? Well, that's how I cough. This is a third. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. It wasn't a third update. It's just installing it now. Oh, word. No, it's installing a third one. Thank you. It's starting now. Okay. All right, shout out to Discord for being fucking on the money with this. <sighs> what is happening, my dude? Just over here, <clears throat> getting shredded. Right, right off the bat, I can't hear anything, so we're oh, we're doing good. We're doing great. Okay. Hello. Let me make sure that I uh, have the right headphones selected. Hello. Hello. Chris, hello, Chris Mosier. No, I got nothing. Hmm. Oh, I heard a. I mean, I heard a sound. Oh, Chris, huh? Mo- Chris Mosier. Oh, I still can't hear you, Chris.
I see, you know, you're logging on and off. It's probably my fault. Chris! Hello, Chris! Let me check my settings. What? Hello! Oh, hello. Chris! I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I can hear you now! Okay. I had to change my output device. That's a good thing to remember for next time! I don't know why it had to do- Well, I had to delete- You know, I had to delete my sound hardware shit on Sunday, because it was giving me trouble again. That makes sense, I guess. Well! Hello! Hello! Wow, I can't believe- So, from my understanding- And correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding- You've been, um, you're getting buff as fuck. I've been over here I mean, getting, I don't know how else to put it. I've been over here getting fucking shredded, is what so I'm doing. So you're, you're, you're yacked out your head. I, that has a different connotation, but I, in this, in this situation, I mean you're getting buff. You're getting muscles. You're getting ripped. A truly huge dude. T-H-D. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm definitely that, yeah. Yep. But I also, so, so, I also understand that that makes you have a really high-pitched voice. Is that correct? Is that- is that the connection? It, it depends. So um, I'm a bit of I'm in a bit of a in between state. The higher oh, pitch okay. my voice goes, the bigger my muscles get. Uh, the, know, yeah, the, the deeper my voice goes, like the more the slimmer that I look. So I just have to like uh-huh. choose when I'm in public, like what I want to oh. represent my, represent myself as. So if I'm yeah. talking up here, it's because I'm feeling kind of dangerous and I want to beat somebody's ass. Yeah, but if I'm all the way are bulging. If I'm all the way down here, it's just because I just want to get comfy in a small bed. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> You're relaxing those veins. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's something that people don't appreciate about being huge, which I feel like as a fellow huge uh, fellow huge dude, you you can appreciate. It's all about the veins. It's all about filling those veins up. You know what I you mean? Gotta, you want to you want to get those, those veins pumps. defined. Right, you gotta get defined veins. Have you seen Sam Winchester's arms? That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. But more importantly, have you seen his forehead? That's seen, the kind of shit I'm talking about. I, I have seen, <laughs> as we say in South Louisiana, the boat of them, and they are both extremely the well the boat of them. And that's that's what I'm talking about. And I would, I I think that we both agree. What season four to season six, Sam? He was a he was a THD. He was a truly huge dude. He's a THD, um, absolutely. He's gotten he's gotten kinda, a little slimmer now. Like you can tell he he's gotten yeah. married and his wife knows what the fuck she's doing, <laughs> so she's like feeding him correctly. Like that's always right. a good thing. It's not just protein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just not taking protein and fucking uh steroids. Yeah. Who needs food? I just got protein. I'm reading um I sent you a page of this, uh, but I'm reading this book by Warren Ellis called Crooked Little Vein. And uh-huh. uh, I really like Warren Ellis's work on comics. I'd never read any of his actual books. And uh, this book is just so fucking ridiculous and and crazy and over the top. Like, I just, like, I'm already halfway through and I don't particularly like it, but I, like, just want to finish it just so I can say that I did it, I guess. Um, but there's a there's a scene in the book where, like, they're, they're trying to track down uh, the main character and his and his. <laughs> just, just super gothed up, very sexy girlfriend. So it already Hell tells you, it, yeah, yeah dude. already tells it, you yeah. where we are. He's in a polymorphic relationship uh, with with other people, but she also kind of digs on our main character too. All over the place. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They visit the this the home of this dude uh, who is who they have tracked down as possibly having uh, the real constitution of the United States. Wow! But from the sound of it, he's not. Th. He's a dude, but he's not truly huge. Oh, the main character is not a truly huge dude. He is. He is a piece of yeah. shit. Uh, this right. guy that potentially has it wow. is ripped, 
And he uh-huh. they describe uh-huh. him okay. as okay. unnaturally tanned. And he says that he huh. was just uh, at the gym and he was he was working out and he likes to spray himself down with like that dark tan color because right? it reflects the lights better. So you get more muscle and vein definition. He he describes yeah, this, this by the way, like like this, this guy is a thing. Shit. <laughs> And then they proceed to like Chris. Is the is the book is the book trying to make fun of this dude? Because he sounds fucking sick. Oh, he's def- like all every everybody is a caricature. There's no real people at all in this book. Like okay, there's like okay. the Secretary of State, who is kind of like the main machination dude in this, is an old guy who jams he and he describes himself doing this jams heroin into his body while shitting himself in a hotel room and watching um, reality fashion TV to get his rocks okay. off like that's his whole thing like it's not i mean it's just so fucking over the top and ridiculous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but the, the the muscle guy the 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 strong man if you will uh he in exchange for information about uh the the, the, the real constitution of the united states he tells the main character who has pissed him off a little bit that he has to party with him and his friends and that it, sounds fucking sick, dude. And the main character is very uncomfortable partying. And sure enough, like and if like a couple of minutes goes by, there's a knock at the door, and a bunch of other extremely homosexual and uh, muscled up dudes show up, and they're having. And I don't know if this is real, Chris. I, I'm not. I'm, I dare not search this on the internet. And internet, if you're <laughs> listening to me right now and you know something about this, I'm just just don't don't at me. Don't do not at me <laughs> at local bones if you have to. Do not at um, my Twitter, which I'm going to keep private for this episode um they're having what the, what they i guess is a saline party where they are okay. in, no, injecting sure. saline solution in, in into your sack into your scrot uh-huh to to greatly increase the size of, of your of your balls oh for real yeah and like the dude describes like struggling to put on pants after because he eventually has to submit because he has to get the job done right so he like they jack a needle into his balls and they fucking fill him up and he's like looking down and he is just the most distressed he's ever been in his entire life and like he's trying to put on his pants to get outside and he's like holding these gigantic balls up Chris it's a whole fucking thing dude like you heard that frantic clickety clack of my keyboard that was me searching for saline filled balls and let me tell you man i am impressed these are some truly huge i'm not nuts. you're not going to convince i just you were just jamming on your keyboard you made no you made no searches <laughs> you were just trying to trick me <laughs> <laughs> i am not going to ruin my amazon or my youtube suggestions with this like you ruined me with that redneck rap the other day <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's just, uh that book is truly disturbing that keyboard. <laughs> that's you know what it is what it is. And so while we're on the topic of truly huge things, um, <laughs> THBs, you want some truly you huge could be balls. A, yeah. You could, you could be a, you could be a huge dude, but you aren't truly huge. You're not a truly huge dude. Unless you, you possess some kind of virtue. You have to be a virtuous dude to be truly huge. And of course, of course it still takes into account muscle mass yes. to be a truly huge dude. You have to just be an awesome buff guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're there for your friends. You're supportive. You look out for others. You're a truly huge dude. Being a huge dude is one thing, but being truly huge, that comes from the heart. Absolutely. And I think you agree. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think like if you have never saved a kitten, then you cannot mm-hmm. be a THD. Like you have to have right. saved a kitten at some right. point in your life, or something comparable. You know, yeah, or something similar, some, something right. something with similar karma points. But like you know, right. like the, and you have to have used your muscles in the in the in, as a, like you Definitely. can't you can't just rescue you can't go to a re- like rescue and pick out a kitty and no, bring no, it no, home. No, we're talking muscles lifting a heavy wooden latch that has fallen on this kitty, and you're saving it because 
being truly huge, your muscles were able to overcome adversity, uh, and your moral compass was able to guide you in the right direction. My 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 cat is stuck in this tree, Mister. I need you to fix it for. I need you to help me get this cat. And then the truly huge dude would come up and just break the tree off and then bend it over so that I can reach my cat from the trees. Right. And then somehow reattach the tree to the roots. Like that's the, a truly that's, that's a THD would, maneuver. Yeah. They would say, oh, no, you know, he broke, he destroyed the tree. It's it's a shame, but, you know, he saved my cat and it's okay. But come come the springtime, you see uh, n- new blossoms budding uh, on the edge of those branches, like unlike ever before, because that's that's the that's the wake left behind of a truly huge dude. Exactly right. Just just doves partying like it was a fucking John Woo movie in front exactly. of THDs, exactly. right? That's, that's all it is. Um, and that's the ideal. That's the ideal man that we're describing. Yep, we're, we're we have we have done it, Chris. <laughs> we have described the ideal. This is the, this is what the liberals want. <laughs> this is this is that's right. You know, and it took us what 116, 17 episodes to to get here, but we're here. We finally we finally made it to describing um, the ideal man. You know what else uh, so, an ideal man does, right? What they finish Kingdom Hearts three. Oh man! Oh man! Great segue because I was gonna try and get here. Um, there's two. Th- so you're not gonna play Kingdom Hearts. I don't. Know, I'm not gonna spoil it. But you're not gonna play Kingdom Hearts ever. Correct. 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 Why? Why the fuck would you? Um, <laughs> so I just. But if anyone listening to this hasn't played Kingdom Hearts three, maybe it was like me had played the first and the second. Um, don't don't play. Don't you need, you need to you need to alter your expectations going into three. You need to be aware of one one thing. Number one. Um. You gotta, it's not Kingdom Hearts 3, it's fucking Kingdom Hearts 10. You gotta play all the other ones. None of this shit will make any fucking sense. You know, I thought that listening to a podcast that would cover, give you an overview, I'm like, you know what? I'm not, not, I'm not gonna sweat the small stuff. I'm gonna listen to a podcast, they're gonna give me the deets, and then I'm gonna stroll on into Kingdom Hearts 3, no problemo. No, if that, if that had been the case, I wouldn't have no fucking clue what was going on. You gotta see, see it to believe it. That's the only thing I can say about the Kingdom Hearts series. You gotta play all those random spinoffs. For, partly because it's just hard to understand, but the other is that uh, you just won't care. You won't give a shit about anything unless you've actually played the game. Because the best thing about Kingdom Hearts is the emotional resonance with the characters. Forget the plot, forget the Disney worlds, it's the emotional connections you have. And you're not going to have emotional connections if you, just, if you just watch a YouTube video about it. So you gotta either play all the games, or at least watch the cutscenes or something. You gotta get, you gotta get your hands dirty. You know? You gotta mm-hmm. get in there. So you gotta go in there aware that all of that knowledge is necessary. People said it on Twitter, and I said, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to skip two games, which I did. And sure enough, there were things that came up, and I was like, Rep- Replica Riku. Well, what the fuck is that? I don't know. I still don't know. I don't even uh, know what words you just said. Is Riku a person, a place, Riku, or a thing? <laughs> Riku's a person, and there's a replica of him, because I skipped Kingdom Hearts Recoded, because I thought, I don't need it. I'm too good for this. And you know what? I was wrong. Um, and I'm not too proud to admit it. Um, so one, you got to go in with the understanding that you, you need to know the series. You need to know all the games. Which, I, for the most part, I did. So I had a pretty good ride with the emotional stuff. Number two is, you can't go into Kingdom Hearts 3 thinking it's the last fucking game. Because in no way, shape, or form, is, is it, they're trying to indicate this is the final game. It's not. It's just the next one. And there's like, I mean, 
I'm not going to say anything, but this is not, this is not a finale. <laughs> so the, me, me believing that there was going to be a uh, resolution. I was a fool. There is some resolution, but, uh, I was a fool to believe that. Are you other than that? So you, you went on a journey mm-hmm. in, and, and, and we, we've mentioned this before. You specifically said on this podcast, you were not playing kingdom hearts three. I, I yes. <laughs> and then you caved and then you said, I'm going to play kingdom hearts, all yeah. of the kingdom hearts. You, you went to the total other direction. You were like, Oh, I'm not going to play kingdom hearts three except uh, until I play every single kingdom hearts game that came before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Having gone through all of these games in such a small amount of time, because you, you did, you burned through it in like a month, right? Like I'm not like yeah. a m- month, yeah, month and a half, maybe, <laughs> which is a yeah. lot, which is a lot of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, are you are you satisfied at the ending? Like, are you do you sit back and you're like, yes, this was the story that I, that I wanted or, or, or are you or do you want more of it? Like, do you want to see you where know, else they can go? Or do you think like, I'm not I'm not satisfied. OK, step. But, OK, but at the same time. I'm excited for what's next. So it's like at the end of Empire Strikes Back, you're not you're not satisfied, but you want to see Return of the Jedi. You want to know what's going to happen next. Um, if that makes sense, I mean, maybe you, maybe you are satisfied in a certain way. There were resolutions for th- for things and for specifically there are some characters who had really great resolutions. Um, and it made me care about them in ways that I hadn't previously where i was like oh those are side characters i'm not so interested in in their story but then come kingdom hearts 3 come reaching their resolution i was like wow that was great that paid off that was that was a lot of fun that was really emotional i appreciate that they did this um but to keep that i think some creators would would end their story like would have ended kingdom hearts 3 with yep we're good and then we'll announce the next one a little while from now and we'll just continue on anyway Kingdom Hearts 3 is, they're not going to just completely say, we're good. They're going to say, okay, you just had your ending, but actually we're going to tease you with like four more things. So that now you're more confused, now you have more questions, and now you're going to have to wait ten years for the next game or whatever. Um, so, yeah, there was, I'm, I'm satisfied, I guess, with some stuff. And it was really cool to see certain characters grow and develop. Um, the character Riku, who I just was talking about, Replica Riku. Regular Riku. Um, he is in the first game, he succumbs to, uh, the power of darkness and he, you know, he loses sight of himself. He has a really been, great redemption arc hey, throughout the games and that's very satisfying. I've been there. I've been there, Riku. You've been there. I, I know exactly what there. you're talking about. You know what it's like. It's kind of like Sam Winchester. He has a very Sam Winchester arc, um, except he doesn't, he doesn't hate himself as much. Um, so that was really good. But, um, yeah, there's, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of Disney to put up with. And um, when when they use the Disney worlds to further the themes and plot of Kingdom Hearts, I really enjoy them. Uh, I think I may have talked about the Toy Story world. I don't remember. But ba- but it basically, they were able to work in the lore, which sounds really goofy when you say like, oh, these toys that come to life and suddenly some the villain from Kingdom Hearts is like trying to control them or something. It's, it's very silly. But um, it worked. And it like felt like, well, oh, I'm, en- I'm enjoying this Pixar world that I'm running around in, but it also is fueling the characters that I care about and-, and leading the plot forward. But then you go to like the Frozen world and it's like, hey, you saw Frozen. That movie's like an hour and a half long. What if it was three hours long and it wasn't as good? <laughs> and, and, and what if it was three hours as long, not as good, and you had to control the main character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, so that's really boring. I didn't really like those. But I mean, I guess if you're a huge fan of that movie, you might be into it. Um, but do you think that people, I mean, like, 
it, what, I, what I'm curious about with the Kingdom Hearts series, and I think it's why I found it so fascinating, is like it hit at a time that Final Fantasy was incredibly popular and Disney mm-hmm. stuff like pretty much is always popular. But right. nowadays, like Final Fantasy has kind of fallen by the wayside. Like I know it's a big franchise, but no, like it's not Final right. Fantasy seven years, right? Like we don't have that. Right. Um, fourteen. I think on the internet, Final Fantasy is probably a lot more popular than it is IRL. Like, do you yeah, think it this is have hitting, that same name? Do you think this is hitting with like the eight to ten year olds? Like, are they picking up Kingdom Hearts and going like because they they see Disney on the car- on the cover and like oh we I like Disney and I like I like anime, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play yeah. this weird anime Disney game. Or and like and like really getting into it like like you guys did it as as youths. That's yeah. I I I don't know. They. I mean, I guess there always must be some pull because of the Disney stuff. And if you're a kid and you start getting online when you're like you know ten, eleven, twelve years old, that's around the time that I started really you know using the internet a lot. Um, that's when I was eleven when Kingdom Hearts the first one came out, and I was looking up the website for it and everything. So I imagine there's still kids who are exposed to this stuff, but I don't know if it's gonna have that same like relevance if i was talking about like anime like when i was 10 i was really into dragon ball z and obviously that hasn't changed but um (laughs) but that was like my thing and then like you know i like naruto and stuff but like for a lot of kids i think they're not going to watch dragon ball z because they have their own thing now they have naruto which is probably a bad example because both of those things are actually still very popular but i don't know i don't know if there's a different thing that kids would go towards rather than kingdom hearts um something else to fill that void because kingdom hearts is very unique and it's also very available they have put that shit on every modern console basically um so i don't know i don't know how 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 the the youth feels about it but as an adult man it's been a fucking trip it sounds the final fantasy stuff is gone yeah it's very weird it's very weird i don't know um, and that's the I'm other ha- thing I'm that like, I keep hearing. Like, uh, I'm really surprised that Kingdom Hearts three doesn't have a Final Fantasy fifteen world, or like you don't meet with um, Grudus. Is that character from Final Fantasy fifteen? Gladius, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, no, there's not. There's not a single Final Fantasy character in it. They make reference to a few of the characters that have appeared in past Kingdom Hearts games, but they don't show them. Um, which was weird because they were always like they weren't pivotal. Um. But they they were always there. Like there was a group of characters that it was Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, and then every every other character from Final Fantasy VII, and they all hung out in all the games, and they helped like rebuild this world that had been lost to darkness or something. Um, and they, so they were always working on stuff, and they were always helping Sora out and, and doing things like that. And now they just they aren't mentioned really. They they're called those guys. King Mickey is like. Uh-huh those guys are off building something over there. And you're like, okay, <laughs> those we'll guys. just never hear from them again. Yeah. <laughs> those guys. Like, that's word. really funny. That's this everybody from the square is those guys now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's a character from, again, from eight called Cypher, who's in Kingdom Hearts two. And you go to the world where that guy lived and you can overhear these people talking and they go, oh, he's off with um, these two other characters on a warrior's journey but they don't say his name. And I'm like, why didn't, I mean, I know who they're talking about, but why didn't they use his name? Is there some weird copyright shit or is it just like, they're just done. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's a confusing time. I, I don't know what to say, Chris. I've asked all of the questions that I'm willing to yeah, ask about. That's, oh, that's wait, no, I wait, I have, I have one more question. Okay. What is the ship name for regular Riku and replica Riku? 
Ririkuku? Riku Riku? It's gotta be something. Like, it's gotta be like Ririku. Oh, I like Riku. I mean, or, or Ririku is actually pretty good. Because Repliku is the way that people just oh, refer to. Oh, no, wait. I, I actually kind of like that a lot. Repliku is really bad and <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I feel like there's, there's hardly any new ship names um, to come out of Kingdom Hearts 3 because there's no new characters. It was all uh the the older characters from the series um but at this point you can't be you can't be throwing new characters at the wall that'd be too much it's too much established lore you know what i'm saying i i, I guess <laughs> speaking of established lore are you ready to talk supernatural <laughs> I, sure i guess so that i've was, already forgotten um podcast i was uh i've already kind of forgotten all of the stuff that i was like texting you about about this episode i don't i don't know don't i don't i don't man i'm 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 concerned to be honest with you before we get into well let's let's just i don't know why i'm telling you to wait so let's i'm concerned too i'll be real with you supernatural kind of sucks right now Oh, 
Sam and Castiel together a whole lot. I think I mentioned way back in season yeah. four or five, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Whoops. Just burped on the mic like a professional podcaster. Hell, hell fucking yeah, you did, bro. Um, season nine. You know, relics like this, it's they'll, either they'll find it pretty quickly or they won't find it. Hey, Chris, can I, can I take a small break real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, my, my, my phone buzzed. Like I got an email. <laughs> And um, mm-hmm. the subject of the email was guest on Don't Give Up Skeleton. And the only reason I'm stopping <laughs> right now to tell you this is because he starts off the email. Hey, Doug, my name is Scott Morrow. <laughs> I started listening to Don't Give Up Skeleton some months ago. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> what? Who <laughs> <It> was Doug? <laughs> Did he mean to type dude? Maybe I, I, it's capitalized. I really I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract us all. That's okay. All the way hey, while we're pause for one second, let me go blow my nose. I'm getting a little stuffy. One all right. Second. All right. Sorry about that, Doug. Oh, man. Are you not going to laugh at my Doug joke? Come on. I, you broke up, so I didn't even hear it. I'm sorry. Oh, I. God damn it. Yeah. I just yeah, this is this is gross as fuck, but that's the most I've ever blown my nose in my whole life. That was that was a life changing experience. Oh jeez. <laughs> it I won't go into the details, but I'm a new man. Alright. Bur- burglary is different than being a hunter. It, IMO, if you ask me. Um But you know, you know how it is. You know how it is. It's it's really Oh, man, I I really need to stop looking at my phone when we're recording. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what's, to, what's Doug up to? Oh, I'm sorry, you're Doug. You're Doug. Um, what was the last thing you said, Chris? I'm so sorry. Uh, I've literally put my phone what to the did side. I said, yeah, it's I I do the same thing all the time, and it's not it's not on purpose. This is, we're addicted to our phones. Yeah. Um, what did I say? Something uh, about Crowley not being a burglar, right? Uh, yeah, you see, burglary and hunting 
yeah. different things. Two, two totally different things. Oh, yo. 